You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the show with me today, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Barry. We'll get into our show rundown here in just a little bit. But once again, excited to be back inside our studios today. We were here on Friday, but the majority of last week was spent in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame for SEC Media Days. All throughout today's show, we'll continue to react to the projected order of finish for the conference. Look at some first team, second team, third team, SEC football members, and more on today's edition of Sports Call. We'll have some other things due up in the show that we'll tell you about in just a moment. But for now, let's check in. Again, JJ, Tom, Cam, and Brant. Cam Berry, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, spent a great weekend in Birmingham with the girlfriend and uh, watched a little bit of Braves baseball, did some cooking, um, Went to the gym, just did some good relaxing. So just uh, spent a spent a really great weekend with her. Just a so. cozy weekend. Yeah, it was great. That's awesome. That's awesome. I got a chance to go back home to Asheville for the weekend, uh, see some folks in the family, and I uh, had a great time myself. So I'm um, glad that your weekend was awesome. Yes, sir. And uh, enjoyed having you on Friday's show, another show here with you, Cam. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mr. Tom Peavy. Yes, sir. Good to see you back on the plains, Oof, my friend. How yeah. are you? I, what is this studio thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got uh, we got accustomed to it on Friday, but this yeah. is your first setup back in the studio. First time setting up shop after yeah. a week away. Uh, and, and glad to be back. It's fun being on the road. I love media days. I love just kind of the, I, I love seeing everybody, all the folks that are there. But it also is nice to sleep in your own bed, come here, hang out in the studio. Can't we, argue with that. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back. Weekend was good. Got back in. Uh, Drove through a heck of a storm trying to get back home from SEC Media Days. A, a really bad storm, hmm. uh, right about Lagrange from Lagrange to about the uh, the uh, state line. It was rough, but got through that and uh, then right back to work. Yeah, so uh, it's it's pretty much been work all weekend, and then finally Saturday just took some time to just not do anything, just rest. Sure. I needed it. Much needed rest. I mean, we uh, we got With, long hours there SEC Media Days yeah. and. Uh, travel on top of it, sleeping away from home uh, can kind of slow you down from time to time. And so, no, totally get where you're coming from. Glad to have you with us. Brant Daughtry will be with here with us here on the show uh, in just a moment as he's settling in here on this Monday. If you would like to be a part of the program, give us a call at 334-887-3401. Mr. Daughtry, 
Hello, my friend. How are Hello, you? Hello, sir. Hello. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I can't complain. Did you have a good weekend? I did have a good weekend. A uh, nice, relaxing weekend. Um, it, you know, I uh, just kind of chilled by myself and was perfectly okay with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You I'd need glad- those weekends every I, now and yeah, again. Yeah, you absolutely do. Absolutely do. And, you know, I'm glad to see you guys again. This is the first time I've been on the show in a... In about a week, I think, because you know y'all were at SEC Media Days, and right. man, that that was awesome to listen to. Those I, I was in here board hopping, and you know, I, you had what twenty two interviews in 22 four days. Twenty two in four days, yeah. yeah, that's pretty insane. And, we were loaded, man. I, I was really impressed with with uh, with the Auburn lineup. I, I think that uh, everybody from Auburn who came to Atlanta representing Auburn did a did a really great job. And you know, I I've I've always tried to be optimistic while also remaining in touch with reality, but. Man, I'm starting to buy in. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I, about yes. about this time every single football season, I just I start know. to buy in, and you know, I, I think there's a path to success for Auburn, and I mean, we'll see. You got to play the games. Or damn eagle. Or damn. We're, we're getting or closer damn. to football. Here we are, guys. Believe it or not, it is the last week of July. Last <laughs> oh week gosh. of July. August is here. Uh, which means September is here, which means September 3rd is here, and then you're playing football inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. And if you need a reminder that it's the last week of July, just walk outside. You're right. No Walk kidding. outside and just no stand kidding. there. And, uh, or, or don't just stand there because... Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, actually, if you want to just break out into a full sweat, just stand there. You don't even <laughs> yeah. have to do anything outside. You'll right? be like, I guess it is the last week of July. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we told you so. Walk, walk, out, walk out your front door, and you will immediately start sweating. It's just been so crazy. This summer has just flown by. Yeah. Yes, and now, really all of a sudden, we're, boom, SEC meeting. Here we are. Boom. It's going to be are. football season here right around the corner. It's going to be so much fun. All right, here's today's show. We're going to have birthdays and sports here in just a little bit. We'll have best and worst of the weekend and nightly TV guide. And then coming up at 345 on today's program, Mickey Sudo will be on Sports Call, one of our uh, fun interviews that we've had the chance to set up today. Who is Mickey Sudo, you may be asking? Well, this is really cool. She's currently the number one female in Major League Eating. <laughs> yes. That's right. The number one female competitor in eating. That's an awesome. eight-time Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Competition. That was the 4th of July. Why is this relevant? Well, big news here in the state of Alabama. Next Friday, August 5th at 6.45 p.m. in Madison, Alabama at Cross Point Church. For the first time ever... They will have the Major League Eating World Banana Pudding Championship. And so Major League Eating has set us up with Mickey Sudo. They're wanting a lot of folks to turn out in Madison, Alabama. It's worth traveling across the state if you'd like to see this event. And uh, yeah, what a fun opportunity we're going to have a little bit later this hour to talk to Mickey Sudo. Yeah, and, and for those that aren't familiar, everybody hears about Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut is is the guy that has won however many of the Nathan's Hot Dog competitions. Well, that's what Mickey Sudo does, and she wins the women's con. She wins the women's side of that. Um, and so that's what you're talking about. Right? Mickey Sudo is the number one uh, professional eater in the country. She's right up there with the Joey Chestnuts of the world. Um, she hoists the yellow belt on July the 4th uh, all over TV. I mean, if you have, go through and look at her uh, social media stuff, you'll if you've ever watched the, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, you're like, oh, that's who Mickey Sudo is. And, well, and that's who we're going to yeah. have on the show. Yeah, and Maj- I can't wait. That's Ma- going to be fun. Major League Eating has sent us a lineup of some names that will be at the event. 
uh, for us to shout out and promote, and I'll do that a little bit later in the program. Competitors will have eight minutes to consume as much banana pudding as they can. Goodness. The champion will establish a new world record in the banana pudding eating discipline. And so we get into a spot, an interview coming up a little bit later in the show, and sometimes what questions are you going to ask? Well, there are a million questions that you can ask, that we're going to ask. It'll be fun to jump around. How do you know that you're good at eating a lot of food? How does one stumble across that piece of information? Do you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to eat a ton and think I'm good at that? I mean, I don't know. know. That's going to be something to ask a little bit later. What is your last meal before you jump into a big competition like this? What does your recovery look like? What kind of strategy do you have? And the hot dogs, you know, you're separating the bun and the dog itself. Are you going to separate some wafers and some bananas and do the pudding set? I mean, there are just so many different ways to look at this. And that's why it's going to be a fun interview coming up here in hour number one. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that people just see, think about these folks are just eating. It, nah. it is it is a it is something that these folks they train for. They train, they, they like train for it. They pour. Yeah, they train. They practice. They they have uh, they have their systems and their uh, um, you know kind of the ways that they're thinking about that they're going to go about this. Something with banana pudding, you know, I will be interested to know. I mean, are you just going to use your hands? You That's what I was going to ask. Is it, like, going to come in cups, or are they going to give you pans, or, like, right. how is that going to go? But but that's also, that would be different. Uh, they have, like, broken down the science to the hot dog eating and, like, how your body basically just kind of turns into a conveyor belt of that. But it, banana pudding is going to be different, I would think. But then maybe, Meek, you could have... Uh, something different to say. Maybe it is the same thing. I mean, obviously, it's a different consistency than trying to eat hot dogs. But there has to be a system. There has to be a, a way that you do that. Gotta and be. so I, I can't wait. As soon as I saw that she was going to be on the show, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that, let the people know. 345 today, hours. Mickey Suda. We're, we're trying to interview all kinds of great guests here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. They want to promote this as well. Major League Eating. MLE is the world governing body of all stomach-centric sports, conducts more than 80 events annually, including the Nathan's Famous 4th of July Hot Dog Eating Contest in Coney Island, New York. The competitive eating community is made up of more than 8,000 veteran and rookie gurgitators, that's a verb, who travel the nation in search of top titles and the glory that they can provide. For more information, visit www.majorleagueeating.com. Dot com. Well, you know why I call it a gurgitator, right? Tell me. Well, what would it be a regurgitator? Throwing it back up. There you go. So you want yeah. to put it back in. You need to put right. it in. So yeah. you're a gurgitator, not a regurgitator. Stomach-centric sports. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, what a, the what a world governing body. Right? What a sentence. <laughs> Coming up a little bit later. Joey Chestnut, for what it's worth, that's will crazy. not uh, compete in Madison, Alabama. Full roster. We'll let you know about that a little bit later in the program. Quick timeout. James from Montgomery's do up after this on Sports Call. JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Barry. We're taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 Again, Mickey Suda will join us on the program a little bit later in the hour. So we're going to squeeze in a phone call here. Thought we'd had James from Montgomery with us. James, if you're still listening, give us a call back. Would love to chat with you, but... We will change our plans and stick with the Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now on the program is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve now joins us here on Sports Call. Hi, Steve. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. And I'm glad to hear that you all took my advice and got some well-earned breath and uh, enjoyed yourselves over the weekend. So good, guys. Yes, sir. It was a great weekend. Glad to get that rest. And glad to hear... Uh, I think it was Brent. Uh, I think you said, Brent, that you feel a bit more... Uh, energetic and optimistic about the team is that right yeah well about this time every year I go from well here's all the problems to well here's how everything can go right and I start buying in again and it's it's just about that time of year you know this is the first time I've ever seen you bought in Brant <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually pretty optimistic well, but I you know you guys probably know from the last uh, week or two that I said you know I just wouldn't feel that passion in fact I feel kind of apathetic not anymore uh because of some interviews I heard you guys have with the Mr. Samuel Shanker, really good talk with him. And then I read on 247 Sports from Philip Marshall's column today uh, some quotes or comments, of quotes, by Mr. Shanker's father. If you haven't read it, it's a really good read. But this one caught my attention. And here's what he said. Uh, Mr. Shanker's father said this about uh, the team, according to what he was told by his uh, son. He said this. If last year had been synonymous with the years before when they didn't use like uh, the tight end as much, uh, Shanker may have left. But then he went on to say this. He said uh, he liked Coach Malzahn a lot, especially as a person. But the way he put it, speaking about his son, is that the players play harder for Coach Harson than they did for Coach Malzahn. He has told us this is the most unified group he's been a part of since he's been at Auburn. End of quote. That's good to hear. I mean, obviously these people are buying into Coach Hartson, and uh, there was a lot of outside noise that brought the team together, and to be putting in that hard work is important this time of year with the season and fall camp right around the corner. Right. Well, Shagrin uh, himself said this according to uh, Philip Marshall, and here's a quote. He said, we uh, feel like it's kind of – uh, advantage does that we went through something like that together as one. Speaking about Harson's job in the last uh, part of the season when they lost uh, what four or five games in a row, he said we came out on the other side better. I think that's something that you can't take lightly. And he said that we were sitting at six and two, and then for that to happen, we know that cannot happen again. We won't allow that to happen. That has been our goal this whole season to get back where Auburn belongs. That was encouraging to hear them say, guys. Uh, what's your take? Uh, I think everybody that, you know, when when things are going great, then everybody gets along. Winning makes everybody happy. Winning makes everybody friends. But when things started to go wrong, uh, Harson got called into question, and by a lot of the players as well. And uh, when, when that went down, uh, obviously a lot of people jumped ship. And it was just a, it was a bad look, but I think everybody that is still there is fully bought in to Brian Harson. They would go to war for the man, and they've said as much. So uh, I, I think that this team is fully bought into itself. 
Uh, and I think that they think they're going to have a lot of success this year. And, you know, so, so much of having success in athletics is believing that you can. And I really believe that this team thinks it can have a lot of success. Now, so does Alabama. So does Georgia. I'm sure LSU feels pretty good about itself right now. Mississippi State. Arkansas. Arkansas. Uh, Ole Miss has a lot of confidence. So the schedule is brutal, but I think that this team has a chance to, to weather the storm. Yeah. Well, uh, is this Brent? Yes, sir. Well, you know, the, the schedule never changes for Auburn. It's brutal every That's true. Every year. That's okay? very true. Uh, so people say that, that the, somehow this is more brutal than the other years. No. Well, no, it's not. Nobody but, else. Nobody you know, Auburn – yeah. Auburn has averaged eight and five or, or nine and four over the past couple of years. Yeah, and if we had Clemson's uh, schedule, we'd probably be ten and two every year. Very much uh, so. But you know, it is what it is, and nobody else, nobody in the country or the SEC has to play Georgia, Alabama every dang year, but we do. So, be that as it may, there's a really good article if you haven't read it yet uh, from Nathan King today. Uh, it's a good read. It says how every player on Auburn's roster ranked in recruiting. So I want to see what it said. Well. He said of Brian Harson's 80 current scholarship players, 35 are blue-chip recruits. That comes out to about 44%. So I looked at all that, and we have uh, only two players currently on the roster who are two-star players, and uh, no, I'm sorry, two who are uh, unranked and one who's a two-star player. The rest are three and four. We only have one, one five-star on the team, guys. You know who that is, right? Owen. Owen, Owen yeah. I thought Tank, but Tank's a four-star. He's yeah. almost there, but not there. So I thought, uh, well, uh, with that uh, kind of ratio, uh, it's understandable that, uh, you know, we uh, don't have the, the depth and talent level that I guess a lot of people, you know, would want us to have. But at the same time, I'm looking at the recruits right now that we have gotten, be it yeah, only four people, but they're all four-star players too. Yeah, you, you look at the quality of uh, the players that Brian Harson is bringing in. The numbers are not there yet, but the players he's getting are very good. You've got four four-star recruits right now. You're in the top ten in uh, quality, an average quality of player that you're bringing in. You just haven't brought in enough of them. The good news is that you've got an entire football season between now and signing day to prove that Brian Harson's going to be back. So if Brian Harson has a good year this year and people say, oh, he's going he's gonna to be at Auburn for more than two years, then you'll see those numbers start to inflate. And, you know, all those critics, you know, and pundits who are making, you know, uh, observations about the, uh, the number of people that so far have not been recruited or have been, then I found out that A&M, who has the highest-paid team in the country, according to Saban, right, they only have four or five players that they've recruited so far. Uh, I think that's correct, isn't it, guys? They only yeah, have four or five I, commitments? I don't know exactly what their numbers are, but most teams at this point do not have – you know, 15, 20 kids recruited. So it's, I'm not panicking about it. I'll start to panic about it if we get to halfway through the season and things are looking good and you still haven't picked up anybody else. But right now I, I feel like if Auburn has a good season, this recruiting class is going to pick up pretty good. All right, speaking of uh, Mr. Nick Saban and his team, which I don't like to very much, and I miss you, Mr. Nathan, if you're listening, please come back. Uh, you make it more entertaining. But I caught this, guys, and I want to ask you get your take on this. Does this not violate NIL, uh, I guess, uh, rules and, and uh, protocol? This comes from a guy named Ross Dellinger uh, on Twitter. Do you, are you familiar with his name? Yes, very. What is he? Uh, I'm not sure what he is. He's a, he's a college football reporter. For Sports Illustrated. Yeah. He started on the LSU beat, and now he's a national guy with tons of scoop. He's one of the leading voices in the college football media. 
Okay, so he's a credible uh, Very, very today. much so. All right, so this is what I came across, guys. Uh, it says, from his twit, it says, The next evolution in NIL, Alabama, partnering with Fanatics, is opening this season a team store within Brian Denny Stadium called The Authentic. It will feature co-branded player merchandise, such as customized Nike jerseys, Nike jerseys, game-used slash autograph memorabilia and trading cards. Well, hold on, unless I've really uh, forgotten what the NIL allowed, don't allow. But I understood that NIL cannot have or allow or permit the university's name on any items sold on the NIL uh, agreement. And here they are talking about game-used slash autograph memorabilia trading cards. If they're game-used, won't these have the uh, university's name on them? Correct. So how are they getting away with this, guys? This is a this is the university has now bought in, and they are going in yeah. with fanatics. Auburn University will be making a move similar to this. It is their intentions as well to allow you the ability to purchase said jerseys because Auburn is going to establish a partnership with a company like Fanatics that can have their rights so that Auburn remains getting their share of the proceeds while also letting the player get a cut as well. The whole time they were just looking for the right partner to do this. They've set something up by Fanatics, so all of this will be 100% legal in most colleges. Brendan Marcello was reporting about this earlier today as well. Most universities will jump in on yeah. this deal with Fanatics yeah. right make, away because it it's sense. a way for them to make yeah. their money. Right. Well, it that and, and the whole Jersey thing was one of the big NIL thing yeah. talking points from the yeah, get-go. Because they can sell their, their yeah. gear. Well, yeah. So, like, for, if, Cam, for instance, Cam Newton, everybody was selling the number two Jersey here. Well, you know that's a Cam Newton Jersey. Why is he not getting a yeah. cut from it his also, Jersey? It just can't say Newton on the back. Right. And now they can actually have his name on the back or the player's name or it could even be a jersey that that player actually wore. Yeah. yeah. So they, that, I mean, they're kind of straightening up an NL an NIL talking point that has been there from, from the, the actual inception yes. of the idea. Okay. Well, then I completely. Uh, I know I'm 71 years old and getting maybe uh, challenged mentally, but I thought I understood that the NIL uh, did not allow a university's name to be associated with the player, uh, you know, whose name. Yeah. Uh, is being, so I thought that was disallowed. Now, and allowed? on July 1st, 2021, that 100% was disallowed. There was no ramp up by the NCAA at all for universities to have anything in place. And so when July 1st, 2021 was announced, and we saw right out of the gates, Bo Nix got that deal with Milo Sweet Tea and other deals across the country, you noticed that there was no sign of Auburn memorabilia apparel whatsoever in any of those posts. But now that we have had time for universities to make steps and react to the news and get their agreements in place with their retail providers, we're now able to see them sign off on allowing their rights to be in there. So that is now okay then? Correct. All when right, it first started, when it first started, it was not. So you were in the know, Steve, and now it is changing to where it is now allowed. Okay, well, thanks for educating me. All right, real quickly, guys. Yeah, we got uh, that interview Josh, coming up, Steve. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I can't wait for the here the uh, banana <laughs> pudding thing. Uh, and I'll ask her, please. Does she know how they came up with eight minutes instead of say ten?
10 minutes or any other minutes? Yeah, some competitions have been 12, some have been 10, and I'm, I am curious about eight. Yeah, uh, but anyway, guys, uh, Mr. Uh, Josh Payton, Lake Kick, uh, he had a podcast uh, last week after the uh, media was over, and he said that he is really uh, tired of these uh, critics about Harson who know very little about him. He said he sat down, he knows the guy, he's been very personal, and he says he thinks that he is a good fit uh, for Auburn. So I thought I'd just throw that into yeah, you. Yeah, good to hear some outsiders with that, that and same opinion. Finally, guys, finally, guys, from the world of maybe so called sports, the uh, World Championship in Poker, do you know who won it and how much was won? Tell me. Espen Jorstad, and I saw the video, I won at the end, won what? $10 million prize money. Wow. Uh, on ESPN for the uh, Poker Championship. Uh, is that legitimately considered a sport, though, guys? They televise it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's I call, the I call strategy, poker a, a, a little game, bit of luck. I mean, yeah, game more than sport, but yeah, gambling. Okay, all right, and real finally, guys, um, I didn't know this until I saw this article from USA Today. But apparently, uh, the All Star Classic is not the All Star Classic that it used to be in terms of a uh, viewership. It fell to an all time low to. Seven point five million. Wow! This comes from Sports Business Journal, and guess who actually had more viewership than all the other All Star uh, sports uh, games this year? Who's that? Surprisingly, the Pro Bowl. Look at the Pro Bowl. It's a joke. Yeah, because it's not the Pro Bowl anymore. People love football. They love the NFL. But but the guys that really should be the Pro Bowl who get played it don't even play in it. Well, it had six point six million dollars. I mean, six point six million viewers. Uh, The NBA. Finally, drew only 6.2 million viewers, and NHL is really anemic, 1.15 million viewers. And then I've been reading that apparently viewership in college football has been going down and trending down. What do you make of that, guys? Something we've seen over the years, I think a lot of people, when you talk, and I love talking to those sports business journal people, they, they will reflect on the pandemic uh, that we went through, the fact that sports were taken away for so long and so many people said you know what we actually can lead a life where we're not as plugged in to having our televisions on to sporting events at all times and so i think that's had a lot to do with it uh and and just also the access of look any streaming service out there i can watch anything that i want to at any given moment and so you're not going to have as much channel surfing and let me settle in on this random game on this night so I, i think there are a variety of different factors why you're seeing those numbers go down those are all possible uh, here's another one I'll throw it at you. Maybe you might explain some of this because this has been trending downward viewership for college football games even before the pandemic. Uh, could it be that people are maybe just getting a little weary and worn out with seeing the same damn teams playing for the national championship? Well, Steve, if people are tired of seeing Alabama and Georgia, someone's got to step up yeah. and beat Alabama Man. and Georgia. They're not going to say, "All right, we've had enough." Yeah, they, they're not just giving it to them for they're no, taking for poops and laughs. Alabama. People Ohio are definitely State, tired of seeing the same Georgia, four or five teams, Clemson, but you know, Georgia, I, what do you want? Do you want them to stop trying? No, no. I guess now it's just come down to, you know, we got to outbid them. Yeah, I mean, when, well, yeah. When you start talking NIL and, and, and it's wide open, then yeah. Got to let you go here, Steve. All right, guys. Thank you for your time. As always, I do appreciate us. I, I don't say it enough, but your, your show is very much appreciated. Otherwise... I wouldn't be able to. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go insane. So thank you for saving my sanity. My time is up. You got a movie thank tomorrow? Always. Oh, yes, I'm going to the movies, guys. I'm going Wednesday to see Nope. Yep. 
Heard a lot of great things about it, so we can't wait to hear your review of it. I'm looking forward to it. So until next time, guys, have a safe evening, and uh, we're here with a banana pudding, see how fast you can eat it. <laughs> and uh, until next time, though, guys, remember, War Dam Eagle, no matter what anybody tells you. War Eagle, our buddy retired War Dam Steve joining us on the program. 334-887-3401, toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 if you would like to be a part of today's show. One more quick phone call to get in here. We go back to the Auburn Bank phone lines. Joining us now, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into the program. Hi there, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, I want to give a big war down eagle to war down Steve. Awesome. War, war eagle. eagle. Hey, hey. Uh, yeah, I agree with Steve. I'm tired of Alabama and Georgia, and they're picking us to win last SEC. But, uh, we got to go prove them wrong. Yeah, we're gonna prove we're gonna prove it wrong. We're gonna prove it wrong. We're gonna knock we're gonna knock Georgia out. We're gonna knock Bama out. And um, but hey, I got a question. He's 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 JJ. Really quickly, I got Tom, Brant, and Cam. Say hello, hi. guys. Hi, Tom. What's up, hello. Man? Hi, Cam. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Matt? Hi. Hey, listen, I got a question for all. All, all, all right, you got three okay. questions today, and then we got to get you out of here because we got an interview. Go ahead, number one. Okay, one first question: What do you guys think about the closure the the Atlanta Braves got? Yeah, they uh, they drafted Blake Burkhalter uh, in the in the uh, MLB draft. Excuse me, I don't know if we talked about that on the show yet or not, but yeah, Great Blake pickup. Blake Burkhalter is going to be a Brave, and you know I, I'm really looking forward. I hope that he has success in the minors and uh, can make it up to the majors in a couple of years or so. Auburn to the Braves. It's a fun deal. What do you guys think about Sonny D going to Los Angeles Angels? Well, I like it because he's starting out with the yeah, Huntsville Trash Pandas. Yeah. So, uh, yep. so he'll he's going to be right be, back at home. Yeah, he's going to be up there in Huntsville, Alabama, playing for the Trash Pandas to start his career. And uh, I'm already eyeballing a September date to try to go and uh, see the Trash Pandas versus the Biscuits. Pretty exciting for him from Hoover, okay. then to Auburn, and now playing in Huntsville. And, and the last question is, who won – in the tournament in the war, the war team with Bryce Brown and Frank. Yeah, Seville, uh, team war two. ready, war ready. They did win. They won they yesterday. Yep. Dan Shell Purifoy hit a shot, game winner, uh, to to win the game, and they, they beat a team from West Virginia, so they get to move on. First time ever that they've won. It was long overdue because hey, hey, boy, they bad, had been struggling. Hey, JJ, I got some bad news to tell you guys. Okay, what's that, buddy? He's gonna make you cry. I asked my mom, can I play with you guys next year for softball? And she said, I probably can't because I'll be probably doing a Special Olympics. Oh, oh no, man. I won't try. I'm going to try it, though. But, but you've been able to do the Special Olympics uh, so frequently, and I know you're going to dominate in that field. So I think that'd be great. I think that's a great I, opportunity I, for I, you. I want to try to play with you guys, but Mom said I might be busy with the Special Olympics. So and if you're I'm busy, it is a okay, buddy. It is a okay. Don't argue with Mom. Yeah. Hey, but I uh, and said that. But hey, when I when I move here, we haven't we haven't started our house. So if you guys can pray that someone will buy our house. We, move here, we will so. add that to our prayers for sure so that uh, hey, you so guys can have that I'll weight lifted you off your shoulder. I'll, I'll call you guys. I'll be playing Matt for Auburn in Casita. You'll be able so. to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, we're, but we'll have AT&T phones, though. So. Okay. But hey, you guys ready for the cheer? Let's do yes, it. Sir. Here we go. Five, Five four, four, three, three two, two, one. one. Whoa. Eagle. Eagle. Hey. hey. Beat Bama! Bama. Four, yay, four, 
Booyah. Booyah. Bama, we're going to knock you out. Georgia, we're going to knock you out. Because we're number one. Number one. All right, buddy. Have a great week. Talk to you next hey, Monday. Hey, 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 James and Wardan Steve, if you got to listen, War Eagle guys and Sean, you better call or you're fired. All right. See you, buddy. That's Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401. Coming up here after this next break, Mickey Suda will join the show. 36 years old, number one female in Major League Eating. An eight-time Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Competition. Won seven titles in a row, but she did not compete last year in 2021. Why, you might ask? She was pregnant. So she did not ah, compete, but now has a one-year-old baby and competed again a month ago, earlier this month, yeah. and won her eighth title overall. Coming Friday, August 5th, 2022, at 6.45 p.m., Cross Point Church in Madison, Alabama, for a grand prize of $3,000, we will have the Major League Eating World Banana Pudding Championship Coming up next Friday. Joey Chestnut will not compete in the events. Competitors will have eight minutes to consume as much banana pudding as they can. The champion will establish a new world record in the banana pudding eating discipline. Can't wait for this. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great conversation. It's just, how do you how do you realize this is what I'm made to do? I know oh. that I'm going to be great. I Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And that's why it's going to be uh, really exciting and, to talk with her a little bit later. And, and you know, and the other crazy thing is that if you if you look at uh, at Mickey Sudo, you look at Joey Chestnut, you look at some of these other folks. They're not big yeah. fat people. They're no. skinny. They no, are. A lot of them are really skinny. skinny. That's the thing. They have. They, they don't have, understand. They have gotten their metabolisms in such a way, and they train so well that they know how to get this, so that they don't. The ones that are the really big folks that you think would be the massive eaters are the ones that don't can't, eat as much. They yeah. can't do. It. Well, it's, well, you don't actually, have as much room for your stomach as well. Exactly. That's what it is. Like the the fat. If you have that much fat, it compresses your stomach, makes it smaller. There's no room for it to expand because everyone's stomach is roughly the same size and when you just stuff stuff down it it's it grows out right. but we are you're a big fat guy you don't have any room for it, anywhere for it to go mickey sudo is know. the number one female in major league eating the event later this month or in two weeks i should say in madison alabama will feature jeffrey esper who's the number two male in the sport number four nick weary number 11 patrick bertiletti number 17 george Cheeger. Number 13, Greg Wilson. And number 31, Crazy Legs Conti. Conti, yeah. Is in the competition as well. Those are the ranked participants in Major League Eating. Uh, Major League Eating, again, the world governing body of all stomach-centric sports, conducting more than 80 events annually. More than 8,000 people compete in the event. If you would like to sign up, www.majorleagueeating.com. Dot com. Eight minutes, as much banana pudding as possible, Friday, August 5th, 2022. I always think it would be really cool for individual competitions like this, like in the Olympics and stuff like that, just to have some normal dude just up there also competing, just to see, like, <laughs> this is what right. these elite athletes do, and this is what the normal person <laughs> yeah. is. So just, like, you can visualize them right. back to back. Just, it's just like when you're when you're running at, like, a relay in the Olympics, you have four just normal, <laughs> normal bros out there and just see how see how fast they get you dusted. Want me, you want to see me in the uh, 100? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like people, people like us just out there 
Our I show continues in a moment here kidding. on Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back to the Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry. Hoping to connect a little bit later with Mickey Sudo, again, from Major League Eating. Again, a competition coming up in Huntsville, Friday, August 5th, 2022. Eight minutes on the clock. How much banana pudding can you eat? I wonder if you just... How do you, Try, like, do you really love banana pudding and you eat it all the time? Or do you only eat banana pudding this one time a year? You really love it, but you, like, starve yourself of it so that indulge. you want more yeah, in, yeah, yeah. for this one competition. Like, how do you how do you approach the food before, right. during, and after this event? Uh, that's just mind-blowing to me yeah. that somebody can just sit there and gorge themselves on one food well, for the, just the oh, thing for eight, is, eight minutes eight just minutes, shoveling bro just straight just up just going crazy in and down in and down it, in and if, down if you go through and you look at like some of the world records for food eating on there and just some of the foods they eat and so this is the one that gets me because i hate this i hate mayonnaise mm. right but there is a world record for Mayonnaise eating. That's disgusting. I mean, just mayonnaise. Just not, mayonnaise. not something on no, mayonnaise. No, no mayonnaise on something. It is literally a world all, record for mayonnaise who eating. Who just shoving it down the squirt bottle? I don't know. That's Shug it. So Waterfall. That's gross. Just spoon That's after nasty. spoon. I'm with you, Tom. I, I can't do that. There's I, a lot of things I don't eat, but I'll in like so my my food opinions are. <laughs> Iffy at best. I, I'm. I'll be the first person. How many to admit chicken fingers can you eat? So many. I. I, I'm probably approaching the world record for chicken fingers in a <laughs> lifetime. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't kept track of it. But um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, people who like just eat condiments and just condiments, That's, like not <sighs> like not on anything. That blows my mind. That's baffling to me. Let me make you the commissioner of Major League Eating for a second. All right, Brent. let's go. And you're making these decisions again. The champion will establish a new world record What's in the paycheck? banana pudding eating discipline. This has never been done before, so you're calling the shots. Okay. How do we judge how much banana pudding was consumed? Uh, I mean, I think you have to... Ah, you feel me? How do you judge that? I can I mean, count I think, hot dogs. Yeah. Do you go by this, cups? How do you, do you go judge by that? weight? Do you probably weight. How do you judge be, that? That's got to be weight. Okay, how do it you judge like that? It feels like it has to be weight. Well, maybe uh, they weigh out a certain amount per whatever yeah. serving so like no, that they no give, human or being like how many is no servings. conceivably no human being could servings ever might be something conceivably to do. yeah servings might work like maybe how many just cups wafers. of banana pudding you just like eat wafers yes. yeah that's yeah or they uh, yeah they that could be true they just measure them out in like right. pans or think whatever. about that I mean you can't just say wait because are you gonna sit here and throw up. After the fact, like, hey, this, you probably, this is how much. Some people probably will. I know that, but, t- okay, Tom, so how are we measuring it? I, I, I mean, 
Are you and just like, doing say these like, cups? Say like every paint like, or hey, like a cup or Austin, like say every Austin cup Scott is like. Austin Scott is saying solo cups. Right. Every, Put them in solo cups and just drink it. Every like cup is like I love say like two it's, servings. Yeah, so then I, you knock out. I like that. It's that, great to say boom, we're going to. How many servings. How much weight. But how are you going to measure the weight? That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that's see, hard. I, I honestly think instead of it coming in cups, I think it would come in more of a serving pan and they weigh those pans. Right. And okay. so that that's what. So everybody so starts pan. with the same amount in the pan, right? And let's then say when one you're pa- done, let's just say one pound. When you're done, how much did you eat of that pound of banana pudding? Right. And that's how it's judged. Probably. Okay, that's fair. I'm okay with yeah. that. Oh, I man. like that. Well, I mean, you, we just have to have some we'll rules in place. We'll figure it out when it happens. As the commissioner right. of major league eating. I'm trying I'm to pull so up. Curious. I have to. Oh, right. I'm the commissioner. I have to set yeah. these rules. I, I kind of like on, Austin's idea. Are just like just do them like Jello shots. Just Jello make shots. just make like thousands shots. of them and just like because I've got their press release and there's nothing in here That's as to how this will be judged. Like the regulation or like who's yeah. the winner? What's there's, what's a regulation like serving of banana pudding? The Major League Eating MC Sam Barclay shout out. That's a good job to have. Uh, I'm just hyping people up while Major League Eating events Shout are going on. Shout out to on. Sam. Sam says, Banana pudding is widely regarded as one of America's South's most prominent comfort foods, but if they are to succeed, eaters must stay focused on quantity and refrain from enjoying the quality of Apple Lane Farms' award-winning banana pudding. $3,000 in prize money up for grabs. How much banana pudding can you consume? That will be settled on April or August 5th. See, I don't really At like banana pudding, so I'm, a ter- I'm terrible for this. I'm terrible for this, com- for this conversation. And again, I don't eat anything. Yeah, right. very I, I, mid food opinions. I'm not a very big banana pudding guy. And that's either. heartbreaking for yeah. both of <laughs> you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't we should get Van you guys in here. Saying that. We should get Van in here. That kid can body some banana pudding. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, that's just so much food, man. Like, oh. Gross. I, I just, to sit there, and I'm still thinking about the mayo thing that you were talking about, Tom. Like, that's just disgusting, man. Like, yeah. yeah, I hate uh, that idea. I, I, I hate that. I hate the thought of that. Let's get a phone call in here before the end of the hour. 887-3401 or toll free at one 9 Getting ready to chat with one of the best Major League eating. Her name is Mickey Sudo. She'll join us a little bit later. But for now, we're taking your phone calls. James from Montgomery. James has called into the show today. Hi, James. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, I know that y'all are talking about the eating contest. Yes, banana pudding eating contest next week in the state of Alabama. In our home, they're going to have a banana pudding competition. Yes, I love banana pudding. I love it. It's one of my favorite foods as well. Such a sweet treat. Yes. Now, if they actually, like in the near future, for the uh, eating contest, I would actually have to say probably next July 4th of 2023, instead of eating hot dogs, I would love to see the competitors actually eat um, ribs. <laughs> That'd be fun. Change it to a ribs competition oh. on the 4th yes. of July. Yeah. Yes, like barbecue ribs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering how I many pounds they'd be I'd able to eat. Kill some ribs. Uh, it depends. I mean, they could eat a whole slab. They can eat, uh, you know, uh, a half a slab or a corner slab. I, I mean, ribs are, are really amazing. I'll, I'll tell you this. The world record right now for pork ribs, thir- mm-hmm. 13.7 pounds of pork rib meat eaten by Joey Chestnut in 12 minutes. Oh, 
wow. So he almost that's, ate. He almost that's ate over a pound a minute. I don't know yeah, that we're going to be able to yeah. do wow. that ourselves. He James. Almost that's ate, really yeah. impressive. He almost ate fourteen pounds of ribs in twelve minutes. Goodness. Yes, because I mean, I love ribs. <laughs> I love, I love, uh, chick. I love uh, buffalo wings. And actually, for me, I went to uh, Wingstop and I ordered a six. A it was like a twelve piece um, uh, wing set, and I ate the whole thing. A twelve piece wing, and you ate the whole thing. Yes, it was like in it was in twelve pieces of buffalo wings. My oh my! Um, Do you want to know what the record is that Mickey Suda? You want to know what the girl ate that we're about to interview? <laughs> Uh-uh. She ate 246 wings in 12 yeah. minutes. 246. Yeah. I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't I can't understand how the I don't I can't understand how they do that. Yeah, you ate 12, James, and she ate 246. I don't have any idea on the <laughs> stomach how they have that. I know, I know. They, they they must they have a yeah, I mean it's impressive what they're working with their their metabolism's probably great. Yes, as well. And um basically over the weekend I went to the Montgomery Biscuits uh baseball game on Sunday as well. How many biscuits could you eat? Ah, uh, it depends. It depends. It it actually varies. I can eat a lot when it comes to biscuits. Oh, I can eat a lot. No kidding, no kidding. Yeah, but did you have fun at the biscuits game? Oh, I loved it. It was amazing. Um, you know, the biscuits won fifteen to one. Good win for them. Yes, as well. So that is a really good win for us as well. So I'm hoping that we'll. Keep that um, winning streak going uh, next week as well. That's certainly the goal. That'd be good for the Biscuits to keep winning their games. We got about a minute left in the hour before our next commercial break. So tell me something else on your mind, James. Well, I'm going to be getting ready for Auburn football season as well and seeing right around the corner what Zach Calzada is going to be doing on September the third. And I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of his tweets and um, you know his videos, and he looks really really good this year. Does he look prepared to play? Yes, he is. He's looking very 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 skilled um, quarterback. So he has. Um, another uh, NFL guy that, um, you know, that's from the NFL that teaches a lot of quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL. So that's a really good thing that they're doing, that we're doing to actually bring in a lot of um, good talent from the NFL to bring them to the, to the Great Plains of Auburn as yeah, well. Yeah, to help these Tigers get ready to start the, the upcoming season and then potentially play in the NFL themselves. I think you're exactly right about that. Well, we hope that you enjoy our interview a little bit later with Mickey Sudo, James, and uh, we appreciate the phone call today. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. That's our good pal, James, from Montgomery. As that brings us to the end of hour number one. We'll try to connect with Mickey Sudo in a moment. One hour of Sports Call in the Bucks, and we're rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and Brant Daughtry inside our studios here. Fun first hour of the program again. Might not be able to chat with Mickey Sudo today, but we will get that conversation to you at some point thrilled to promote the newest event coming to the state of Alabama, the number one female in Major League Eating, eight-time Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Competition champion. Again, it's Banana Pudding, the World Banana Pudding Championship coming to Madison, Alabama, coming to Cross Point Church on Friday, August 5th, 2022. Coming up this hour, we'll celebrate some birthdays in sports. We will talk about uh, the SEC Media Days. The preseason ballot teams have been unveiled. And then later, we've got our best and worst of the weekend coming up in just a little bit. Tom, what do you want to add, sir? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm sitting here looking at world records of some of these foods that have been eaten. And, it's, I mean, that's just some incredible stuff on here. Uh, and Mickey Sudo, who we're, uh, we're trying to get on here, I've got her right now with three world records. Um, she ate 16.5 pints of ice cream in six minutes. Uh, That's I, huh. the way my stomach would spontaneously yeah, combust. Right? Absolutely. She ate 8.5 pounds of kimchi. Kimchi? What is it? I don't see. I don't really kimchi know. Is, kimchi, I don't know what it is. I don't it, really it's know a what Korea, it is It's Korean. It's fermented cabbage. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 8.5 pounds yes. of that. And then, uh, and then wild rice hot dish, 14 pounds in eight minutes. Wild rice hot dish. Yeah. Wild. Interesting. That was in 2019. I don't, uh, I, well, I what, makes I, I, <laughs> what makes it wild? What makes it wild? That's a good, it's a good Google question, I think. Wild rice, yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, there's some crazy stuff on here. Uh, Nick Weary, 50 hard-boiled eggs in three minutes and four seconds. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> 50 hard-boiled eggs. Okay, it's just that particular grain of rice is called wild rice. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a... That's the thing. There, there's so many different foods on here. And uh, we were talking... Uh, What's the chicken finger world record? I, I'd have to go through here and try to find it. Yeah. But... Uh, I want to I see that. Because I, 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 wonder, I wonder if Brant, he's the chicken finger man, if he can beat that. Well, okay. So say say what you said again, Cam. I said I wonder uh, if you can beat the chicken finger record. The chicken finger record, probably not, because like my uh, my um my my particular like I eat chicken fingers a lot. I right. I don't eat a ton of them all at once. 
I got a. Oh, uh, of course, Joey Chestnut has that record as well. Oh, I didn't even see that. See, I got chicken wings. Two two pounds, two and a half ounces of chicken wings in five minutes by Cookie Good Jarvis. Lord. How about this one though? We talked about mayonnaise. Oleg Zornitsky. Four thirty-two ounce bowls of mayonnaise in eight minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wait, I don't think there is a record. It look it's say, it's saying so on July twenty seventh. Major League Eating Champion Joey Chestnut will attempt to set the record for eating the most Raisin Cane's chicken fingers on National Chicken ah, Finger Day. Little, little Raisin Cane's. Ah. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. I, I love I'm, Raisin Cane's. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sitting here trying to go through. I, I'm not seeing chicken fingers. I'm seeing all sorts of other yeah, food. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that is a record. Chicken, it looks like. Now, there's chicken nuggets. The world record right. is, <laughs> is actually uh, Sonia Thomas. So, you know, we're, we've been talking about Mickey Sudo. She's oh. the one now, but before her, Sonia Thomas was the, the female eater, and she has right. numerous world records. But uh, she ate 80 chicken nuggets in five minutes. Oh, my. In five minutes? 80 chicken nuggets in five 80. minutes. Good Lord, dude. What? Yep. I, I, 80, Eighty chicken nuggets. That's insane. That, that's that's. How, how about wow. this one? Eric Badlands Booker. He ate two pounds of chocolate candy bars in six minutes. He has the candy bar record. Jeez. How? It's what was the weight on that again? Two pounds of two chocolate pounds? candy bars in I six wonder, mi- in six minutes. Good night. Chocolate's not like super heavy either because no. it's like it's very aerated. So there's like wonder, a lot of air in that. So I wonder that two, one. Chestnut, yeah. Chestnut uh, has eaten 15 bowls of gumbo in eight minutes. <laughs> now That's they, crazy. Now, here's, here's your chicken tender. Buffalo chicken tenders. Okay. okay. Sonia Thomas holds the uh, world record for that in 6.93 pounds in 10 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Six so pounds. So, it must be we're talking so about, I'm, like, eating pounds right. of stuff. So, I wonder yeah. if that's, like, a full, like, bucket. If they do, like, every bucket is, like, a pound or something <laughs> like that. So, I, she ate, like, um, six. You said six. How many? Six point nine. Uh, let me pull it. Six point nine three pounds. Six point nine three pounds. Oh my In gosh. ten minutes. So almost pounds, like we could say dog. we can just assume that every pound is a bucket. So seven pounds, almost seven buckets right. of chicken now, fingers. Th- so now we've been talking about like the the uh, uh, banana pudding, and the one thing that I could kind of see being similar to that would be the record for grits. Since it's kind of same consistency, yeah, yeah. Grits, grits, I feel like would be pretty easy to weigh out. Sure, There's not a whole lot of discrepancy. So, in, so the the world record for that is Patrick Bertoletti, twenty one pounds of grits in ten minutes. Wow, oh my goodness, <laughs> wow, twenty one pounds of. Grits. I wonder, I wonder if it's like, oh, it's a liquid, so it's easy. Uh, so like, liquid, do you like super heavy? Do you like grits? grits? I okay. love grits. Okay, I was gonna say that's. I, I that's can, like the one like southern staple dish that I do like. My dog. <laughs> so that's the one southern I, staple I think, dish. I, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, like, there's other stuff. No like, oatmeal. Uh, no, I don't eat oatmeal. What? Like, I understand Dude. they're pretty similar. I love, I love grits. Man. I feel my, you. My grandmother, my I'm grandmother used to make the best grits of all time. Here, here's you another one. Crazy. Joey Chestnut holds the Twinkie record. Twinkies. Okay. Did, Give it they, to me. Did what Twinkies is it? make a comeback? Then start making Twinkies again. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joey Chestnut. Uh, 121 Twinkies in six minutes. I just don't understand. <laughs> I just don't get it. How can I just just, just cramming right? It I just don't understand how you can 
eat it that fast. Like scarf like, it you down. You don't like, have time really, to chew. Like it, it you breathe. Don't have time to chew. That's that's you're my like, biggest thing. Well, is how do you thing. breathe during that? With breathe through your nose, yeah. I guess, while you're continuously well, eating. Well, the thing is, I can tell you probably with the Twinkie is probably similar to the hot dog and the hot dog bun. He's probably dipping it in a liquid. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, just, and then it just gets down. There's no chewing. It just it just slides down the throat, and you just keep on going. Oh man, that's that's offensive. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, like seeing that, right? Yeah. You have to sit <laughs> there and you're that's like, grotesque. Well, no, the thing, the thing is, I, you know, we've been talking about trying to, you know, get this interview with Mickey Sudo, which we're, I think we're going to keep trying to get Mickey Sudo right, on. Right, we're right. having some issue, technical issues, I guess, where we cannot haven't been able to reach her, but uh, going to keep trying to do that. But um, I'm glad we're just talking to her about food and not having her eat food on the radio. Because could you imagine the sound of like just the sound, the sound of her eating banana pudding over the radio? That's gonna sound obscene. Just the the noises of that, just wet, no sloppy. Welcome to sports call. Do y'all like do y'all like crystal hamburgers at all? No. Yeah, they're okay. No, but I I have heard about this. Bob, Bob, shoot, shout. 39 crystals in two minutes. Good Lord. Those are, those are just like sliders, right? I mean, they're, basically. Yeah, they're yeah essentially, they're yeah. sliders, basically. They're, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty good. Right. Goodness gracious. 39 in two minutes. Yep. These, this just makes me, like, I, like, I feel nauseous just thinking about <laughs> having to cram that much stuff down my throat in that amount of time. Yeah. I, I mean, some of these records are just insane. Yeah. What else you got? I, I mean, goodness gracious. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I can't even, I can't even Fathom. imagine. Yeah. I mean, this guy ate 13 pounds of Skyline chili in 10 minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude. Chili. chili like chili and it's not chili. like the and and the crazy thing is like these aren't even like light foods like chili yeah is chili heavy. is very filling yeah. heavy grits can so be very filling 13 pounds you said 13 pounds <sighs> but but i mean yeah th- those are things but i mean you're also thinking about stuff like we talked about with twinkies i mean the bread and everything right. like how heavy yeah. that is um uh, the little donuts the little hostess donuts yeah, right, right, right right those things are fantastic sure joey chestnut holds that record 257 bro. donuts in six minutes. Bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro. This, the, you, no. brought, you said that, and I was like, okay, I might be able to compete in this one. <laughs> nope. And I, I still feel like I could. Would not touch that. Dude. Wouldn't touch that. Because in- I can down some of those things. Because you don't really have to chew them. You just kind of like compress them in your mouth. Yeah. And then oh, just scarf them down. But man, good. I, I, I mean, it's... Yeah. Just the the ability behind this is really what blows my mind and how people like train for this. And I, I really, if we can get this interview with Mickey Soto, like that's really one of the questions I want to ask her is how she prepare, prepares yeah. her body for this. What what because, does your body feel like halfway through I mean, the eight minutes? Right. And, and, and I mean, that's just a giant influx of, I mean, calories. I mean, yeah. I mean, everything, well, you know, just call. I mean, just I, I just don't understand how she can get herself ready and, and how professional eaters competitive eaters in yeah, general do insane. it but, but yeah well and that that's what's so weird is i mean they really do train their bodies right uh they have a training regimen that they go through um a dietary regimen that they go through I do. to I, uh I'm so curious and, and then and then there was a dietary a dietary and physical recovery 
right that they go through with all this so wasn't there like on the same day they did the nathan's hot dog eating competition wasn't there a dude who chugged like five gallons yes. of lemonade that, that, that's, that. that's badlands booker yeah he, uh eric badlands booker he's uh he's the one that ate all the candy bars okay oh okay okay see he is a bigger guy yeah yes he is a, yeah, he's but a very he was him. he is killing that lemonade. but it but, yeah, yeah, yeah but man. if you but he if you look he doesn't opens have, the throat yeah. sure he has and he has a couple of records on here but he doesn't have a whole lot um he he's got the yeah I mean a lot of times those bigger guys are not the ones that's, right. that are you know, he's got the the matzo balls twenty one baseball sized matzo balls what? in five the minutes night twenty five and that's a big that's twenty one matzo so balls much, in five man. minutes that's insane Eric Badlands Booker he also ate four pounds of hash in one minute and fifty eight seconds <laughs> hash <laughs> all right we need a break corn beef hash we're gonna take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes when we come back. Birthdays in sports. You are listening to Sports Call. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call. Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, Tom Peavy with you in here in the studio. <clears throat> JJ Jackson stepped out for just a little bit, taking care of company business, give him the shirt, whatever it is we say. Company business. Company business. You know how it is. It just gets crazy around here sometimes. Still trying to get a hold of uh, Mika Sudo. Miki Sudo, excuse Mickey, me. Yeah. Excuse me, excuse me. Miki Sudo. Miki Sudo. Still want to get a hold of her. We will try to get a hold of her uh, sometime in the next hour or so. But uh, yeah, we will absolutely have that interview coming up for you in just a little bit. Well, we promised it to you before we went to break. And we intend to hold true on that promise. Tom, what time is it? Is it time for birthdays in sports? It's time for today's birthdays in sports. That's a very good job, Tom. You got the correct answer. There we go. What do I win? Uh, you get to learn about three very, very good athletes today. Awesome. First off, turning 50, Billy Wagner turns 50 today. Lefty closer. Uh, Nat, excuse me. Hold on. Where are we? Billy the Kid. Had a 16-year career in Major League Baseball. He played for the Astros, Phillies, Mets, Red Sox, and Atlanta Braves. He is only one of six Major League relief pitchers to accumulate at least 400 career saves. He stands at 5'10", 180 pounds. That's just a quick read of his wiki bio. Um, hold on. Where are we? Where are we? Here we go. His 11.9 strikeouts per nine innings pitched ratio is the highest of any Major Leaguer with at least 800 innings pitched. He's a seven-time All-Star 1999 National League Reliever of the Year. He finished in the top 10 in saves in the National League 10 times and then the top 10 in games finished nine times. Billy Wagner turns 50 today. Turning 27 today is Alvin Kamara, running back for the New Orleans Saints. Played college football at Tennessee after transferring from Hutchinson Community College. Was drafted by the Saints in the, 20, in the third round of the 2017 draft. He was the 2017 Rookie of the Year. He has been a Pro Bowler for all five of his seasons. He's two-time All-Pro. In 2020, he became the second player in NFL history to score six rushing touchdowns in a single game. My goodness. Like I said, five, good. Uh, Rookie of the Year, two-time two -time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, tied, the, tied the record. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, 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 
what did I say? Six touchdown game? That's insane. Seriously, like, seriously yeah. how, do you, how do you, how do you, as an NFL team, allow one guy to score six touchdowns on you? Last that's was, that's one of those you don't want to be in the uh, defensive uh, no, film not room at all. after that. Not at all. Last but certainly not least, Ed Dixon turning 34 today. Played for the Ravens, Panthers, and Seahawks. He was a one-time Super Bowl champion, one-time All-Pac-10. He was he played at Oregon, was drafted by the Ravens in the third round of the 2010 draft. So Ed Dixon turns 34. Again, your birthday's today. Ed Dixon is 34. Alvin Kamara is 27. And Billy Wagner turns 50. So happy birthday to all our birthdays in sports. Wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way, guys. And uh, now time for more food talk. Oh. Uh, I don't have anything planned. So, I mean, I guess we're just <laughs> going to keep looking at records. And, I mean, this is the, the numbers that you keep bringing up, just the weight. And, yeah. like, the thing that gets me going is not just, like, oh, my gosh, that's so much food. How do you cram all of it down? Just, like, the speed that yeah, you have to that's go the at speed. to get, it's the, to the, get speed. The, the amount of food that you have to get down in such a short period of time. Short period of time. Yeah. Like, how do you... How do you do that? What's the shoveling process in addition to like, like you get, you mentioned breathing earlier, Cam, how do you handle that? And then, man, it's just, it's so much, it's so much all at once. It's really impressive to me. Yeah. I, I mean, just the, it's insane. The amount and, and what a short period of time. I mean, 141 hard boiled eggs in eight minutes. That's disgusting. I mean, you realize how, how difficult that is. And that's Joey Chestnut record in 2013. A, a horrible egg is not one that you can just dunk in some water and lighten it up. And I mean, you actually have to chew that, and you, you gotta, can't just swallow you it, or you will choke. A little bit, yeah. But he ate 141 horrible eggs in eight minutes. That's that's just ridiculous. I, I don't I don't understand how these like I I'm guessing the name that shows up the most on this list is Joey Chestnut. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chestnut has a whole bunch of them. But the other name that shows up a lot is Sonia Thomas. Um, she was right. called the Black Widow. Um, and uh, uh, Mickey Sudo has kind of surpassed her as the as one of the, the top-ranked female. She's, she's the right now. She is the right now. But Sonia Thomas has a whole bunch of records on here, along with Joey Chestnut. So, uh, But, it's yeah, it's not even just Joey Chestnut. It's it's so, so many other people on here and so many different uh, foods. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's, you have to wonder, like, because we said there's no answer for chicken. Ten- well, there is, right? Because yeah, we, Joey Chestnut did the rage, uh, the raisin cane. So thing. no, he's not doing that until this right. week. Oh, okay. He's doing so he's that. Got it he's doing that. Right. He's doing that in two days. That's insane. He will be doing that in uh, in Baton Rouge. He's gonna get like a hundred in three minutes. It's gonna be insane. <sighs> oh, here's Dude, I, here's you one. Yeah, butter. No, but, just butter. No. No, it melted or solid, or does doesn't it matter. It, uh, gross. I mean, either, either way, <laughs> gross. But Don, Don Lerman set this record. It does not have a date, but seven quarter pound sticks of salted butter in five minutes. Uh, no, man. Seven. Okay, that's quarter quarter pound. Quarter pound is a lot. So that's, that's disgusting. Yeah, seven that's quarter so pound much. sticks of butter. So much. Better. How do you just sit? Like your so my, cholesterol my like, has he, to be through the roof, right? You, you have to be like so strict with your diet every other day of the year, right? Like except for when you're, <sighs> you have to. It be has so strict to be. With it. You have to be, because 
first of all, the 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 sheer eating of butter, which is, I mean, just in itself is not. I mean, it's not the worst thing you can eat, but it's not exactly the healthiest. Yeah. And to just sit there and eat seven sticks of salted butter. Yeah, yeah another. First na- of all, that has no taste. Yeah. I I mean, butter is supposed to add taste, right. but butter itself, I don't think has. Uh, you know, no. if yeah. you remember when I said earlier that I like my um, my taste in southern foods is like not really up to snuff. Right. I, I do do I do the very southern thing of drowning everything in butter. I will absolutely do Word. that. But like right. you said, like butter just like by right. itself right. feels wrong, wrong and <laughs> criminal in a way. <laughs> Pathological in a way. <laughs> Pathological. Soci- sociopathic, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Not, oh, not, did, I, I, did not enjoy that. Per se, oh, I I could not fathom that at all whatsoever. Oh, yeah. well, Ugh. let's take a break from that. Let's get to a phone call here. Zeus, who's on the line? Jeff from Columbus. Jeff from Columbus is on the line. Jeff, how are you today, sir? Just fine. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing well. Great. great, great. Hey, if when you do get in touch with uh, this uh, eating champion and stuff. Ask her what her cholesterol numbers are. Yeah, I want to know. I, I'm I'm very curious I mean, about that too. Is like I said, you you when you you compete multiple days out of the year, so like every other day out of the year, you have to be just so so careful about what you put into your body. Right. And if you look at her, she's tiny. She is a tiny yeah. in shape girl. I mean, she's not big. They've got to get sick afterwards or something. There's no way. Is there any way possible to eat that much? retain it and not get fat i think uh, i think that's part of yeah, the, the training, I mean, training regimen is like you you take in all of that physical mass at once and your stomach stretches out and you kind of get used to your stomach stretching out i feel like that's a part of their process but then i guess like i said you're so careful every other day of the week or every other day of the year yeah. i i would and, and i would imagine now you cannot you're disqualified if you're if in the middle of the competition if it comes back up, right, then you're then you're disqualified. I would have to think, though. I kind of agree. Like once they're all is said and done, they've got to go find somewhere to get it all yeah. out. Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be like, I'm sure there's got to be like a, a, a time limit on like five minutes after the competition ends. That's right. when that's when it all comes so, up. You know, man, I just couldn't imagine. I don't think you physically could hold in butter. You know what? <laughs> right, I, mean? I just <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you. I mean I don't know. I'm curious. This is going to be a real interesting interview. <laughs> so uh, if you would get those questions in, hey, I also called because I knew it was coming. I, I uh, well, what do we got? Thirty days, maybe a little 40. thirty. Forty to the first day. Thirty to week one. Yep. Yep. And I knew I've been listening to this radio station for almost twenty five years, and. I knew it was coming. They go from the doom and gloom after the the, the uh, bowl game loss. I'm speaking of Auburn fans here. Oh, absolutely. Happens. absolutely. Sudden, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's, well, we'll be lucky to get seven wins and all that. But come September, what, 4th or something like that, they'll be in the hunt for the thing, uh, SEC, if not the national title, because of all the great interviews, people are saying the right things. You know, I've never, you know, I've listened to all your interviews. Uh, not all of them, I can't say that, but I've listened and, and Georgia interviews and stuff. And you know, 
in all the SEC uh, media days and coverage I've had, I don't know, maybe Saban has said it, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, man, we just suck. Yeah, you know, or, for sure. Gosh, we're, yeah, we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're not that good, but, and we're, we're going to try, but physically we're not able to do it or anything. I mean, Vanderbilt, what they say? They're going to win it all. I just—I was about to say, Clark yeah, Lee just say, said yeah. that he thinks that Vanderbilt can be the best program in the country. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, hey, could did the coaches vote in this thing? Was he the one that voted for Vandy for the national championship? No, but it wouldn't shock me if it was. It, it is media right, only. Right. It is media only, and Had we don't know who Vanderbilt that person writer. was. Had to be somebody from Vandy. Yeah, you would think so. Or someone who just didn't take that it very was, seriously yeah. and was just kind of like with their buddies, like, "Hey, yeah. watch this." I'm going to see my name on there. I, well, I was about to say, did you? Were you all? Uh, did you all? You know, there is a some a good bar scene and restaurant scene right there in that area where you all were at. So that <laughs> may have been. <laughs> They had been voted on down there. Yeah, somebody. You know, so. Somebody took a break, yeah. went went to a, a local establishment, and uh, cast yeah. their vote from. Yeah. I don't know somewhere they downtown. Cast their votes. Magic City. Hey, watch this, right? Yeah. We're now. Did you all uh, stay in the Omni? Uh, Cam and I weren't a part of it. Tom, where did where now did they, you stay? And where did the guys stay? They they all stayed at a Holiday Inn. I stayed at a uh, a, a Marriott Suites. But uh, a lot okay. of the other folks were in the Omni. Okay, I was just wondering if it if it uh, if it was all inclusive, you know, and stuff like that. Because that's a that's a pretty. Uh, and they, you say you were at the Sports Hall of Fame, right? Not in the convention center, right? Right. It, it was all set up in the College uh, Football Hall of Fame. Uh, right. Now there, there was a you had a reception room uh, over in the Omni Hotel, right next to it. But it was not in the the uh, convention and trade center. It was all set up in the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. I was about to say because I, I mean I'm just trying to figure out how many people were there because that. Have you ever been in that convention and trade center? If you've got to walk around it, it, it feels like you've walked a mile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been that in there quite a few times. Oh, trade center's huge. Yeah. Gosh, that is that thing is huge. Well, I just wanted to put my two cents worth in, and I'm glad football season's coming up. And uh, um, I, I am curious to hear this interview. I, I, I never thought it, uh, you know, like you say, most of these people aren't huge. So there's got to be a reason. I want to know what it is because uh, – my doctor tells me I need to lose a little weight. And, <laughs> you know, shoot, if I, if I can eat butter like that, I'll eat, I mean, just a, a, a 16th of the butter they eat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and not gain any weight, I'll be happy. All right, y'all, uh, uh, I'll talk to you later on this, I don't know, whatever, but y'all yes, have sir. a great day. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, I mean, he's he raises a good point. No one's ever going to come out here and say, hey, we suck. Um, sure. You know, that's just not what you're Every, just not supposed to say. Yeah, everybody's going to say what, what they want you to hear. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we're all fans here. War it Eagle anyways. War Eagle anyways. War Eagle forever and always. we got to get to another break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about some more football stuff. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
Welcome back to Sports Call. About 12 minutes left in this here hour. We've had a lot of food talk, which is interesting. Peak off-season content. Food is fun. Food is in very fun. In and out. Hi, bet. Oh, there we go. Now I have a microphone. Uh, and now it has me very, very hungry. <laughs> I'm sitting honest, here like scoping out pizza. I'm like, for some reason, I'm like, mm, pizza sounds good. Pizza does sound good. Pizza sound. Pizza always pizza sounds always good. Sounds I eat good. way too much pizza, man. Yeah. I am also a pizza. Where, where's your place? Um, usually Papa John's here in town. If I'm going, oh, yeah. just like to go get pizza. If I'm going to like sit down somewhere uh, in Auburn, probably Mellow Mushroom. Mellow Mushroom's really good. Well, Marco's pizza They're guy. Consistent. Oh, um, Marco's is very good too. Uh, I'm I'm all about some Little Italy's. <laughs> I just I don't love Little Italy's pizza. I it's like right. Little Italy for the it's environment that it junk is. Definitely junk food for me. As, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it is. What is, they do like five dollar pitchers yeah. too. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. After a night downtown, <laughs> everybody ends up at Little Italy's. Yeah, I just right. get it. I just get it because I'm like go from seventeen really pizza. Actually, seventeen six time sixteen or half times or sky. If you really, if you really, if you really, if you really want to drop the money, though, Brusco's is. Tiny Brusco's. I've been one time. Gosh, that's such a good pizza. But so you're gonna pay. Good. You're gonna pay for yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's expensive. Fair enough. It's a really it's good pizza. But anyway, good. Yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, Hank, this is good conversation, but. Anyway, we've been talking a little bit about, you know, I've, I'm starting to buy into football. I, I've always been more on the optimistic side, but I'm really starting to ball in here. Ball in? Buy in. Excuse me. <laughs> but when you, when you look at Auburn football, there are reasons that people are optimistic and there are reason, the reasons that people are pessimistic. And as all, with all things, the truth is somewhere in the middle. So let's take a look at some pessimistic options. Number one, the one that comes straight to my head is everything that Brian Harson went through in the offseason. The Auburn has made it very clear there's not a whole lot of patience there. They may be making you pessimistic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um I know absolutely. I anytime anytime you have a team that goes through the offseason turmoil that this team went through, it's not going to leave you all happy feel good on the inside because yeah. there is that that controversy is still there. You know the wolves are sitting there yep, absolutely. lurking. And it's not going to take much slip-up at all for those wolves to attack. And, right. and that's just – it's not its not a good scenario to be in. And it's, it's pretty upsetting as well where, you know, you, you feel like you want to give a coach and, – and maybe because of how, how today's football is now where the transfer portal makes it easier and, and basically every team is a revolving door where – just players come in and out. I, I mean, you know, Harson in one year, you're expecting a complete and total turnaround. Yeah. And that's just not going to, that's not realistic. You know, um, you got to get the players that you want in, got to get certain players out, which I mean, Harson, it seems like he did that in a hurry. Um, you know, he kind of had to, and you'd think that he would have a little bit more time to kind of put together the program that he wants and then you would have to gauge his success. But it seems like now this is going to be a year that's going to be a big make or break year for him just because, you know, if we, like we talked about in the past, Brant, that magic number, six, seven, eight wins, you know, depending on how competitive the team is, then he could lose his job. You know, it's just things like that. That is upsetting in my head because that could just put the program entirety if we lose him back 
you know, yeah. a certain am- amount of years. The the most concerning thing to me is what if you get the reputation that Tennessee's had over the past couple of years? Right. Where, where you become a, this coaching yes, revolving door. Yes. And nobody's job is ever safe and everybody has their hands in the cookie jar. You know, you're not going to I get any want, coach to come here. You're you know, not, no you're one's going to want to come here if you have that at, at the forefront of everybody's minds. I think, you know, it, you bring up a good point. I don't think Gus Malzahn is a bad football coach. No. I like Gus Malzahn. Good guy. But I, I was ready to move on from him here at Auburn. I think his time just kind of ran out. I think oh. that the, the program is getting away from him a it's little stagnated. bit. It's stagnated. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it got to, you know where the, you knew where the ceiling was. You knew where your expectations were. Uh, and to to keep banging your head against the door would have been, uh, I think, a bad decision. And every defense knew what our first two plays uh, were going to be. Well, absolutely. Well, you know, well, I was, I was going to say that, but I mean, it, yeah, the defense knew, but also the negative recruiting which is now continued under Harson just because of the yeah. in, the the because of what the, the school has done to him. Sure, the instability there, but the negative recruiting was happened with Gus Malzahn because of the offensive system that he ran, how few players on the offensive yes. side of the ball were More making pro. it to the NFL. Yes. Um, you know, just a lot of things like that. That's where things needed to change with Malzahn. He didn't make the changes. It stagnated. It was time for him to go. Yeah. But now you make that decision and as the powers that be, you, you know, are you going to ride? Are you going to ride with Harson, or are you going to be the lurking wolves? And it looks like they've decided to be the lurking wolves. Yeah, and like I said, you know, it's just not fair because why? Like, you got to give the man a chance. Well, I I think the biggest reason they're not willing to give Brian Harson a chance is that he's not the guy he's they not wanted. they wanted. A, yes. he's not the guy that well they they wanted, wanted in the right. first place. And who right. knows what they wanted? I think if they all, if they, the collective they, all right. wanted the same thing. They would have gone out and gotten him, but I think there's just so much turmoil. There's nobody at the top, the, you know, the the powers that be, right? The the money, who, the whoever, yeah, the money, the powers that be. I feel like there's six or seven guys all pulling in different directions, wanting to pull strings. Yeah, they they for all Alan want to, Green. yeah, to do to do their own thing, right? Rather than working together, I I think there's got to be one guy who steps up and says, "Cut the bull, right? Here's what we're gonna be." And every and either get on board or get out. There's got to be one guy at the head of the table, and right now it just feels like the table is a circle. Right, and and you know I I I am a fan of Harson. I like what he's done. I, you know, obviously things kind of fell off at the end of last season, but at the beginning of the season, you know, we we seem to be on a trending in a in a good direction. You know, Bo gets injured. We blow that lead against Mississippi State. Yeah. It kind of seems like after that we were downhill, did did very well in the Iron Ball. I think we can both agree that if the quarterback situation is a little bit different, we probably win that game. Yeah, I, I think um, if Bo Nick starts the Iron right. Ball and everything else stays the same, you yeah. win that game. we win that game. Um, you know, things like that um, definitely played a nothing, part. Let me let me say this. Nothing against TJ Finley. By all accounts, just the nicest dude in the world. Every Every single one of his teammates love him. But I just don't know if he's got what it right. takes to I start. I just don't know if he's that guy either. He's not going to start. He's not going to win you a championship. No, it's starting at at Auburn and start in the SEC. And I, you know, it, and I don't expect Auburn to compete for a championship no. this year. But you need to be improved, and that starts with the quarterback. Yeah, I, I and you know maybe we're wrong. Maybe he has improved drastically. You know the things that yeah. we've heard is that it's going to be Calzada, but. We could be wrong at the end of the day. Maybe, you know, the spring spring game maybe just doesn't tell the entire story with how Finley's going to be towards the season. We just have to see. I, I just – I don't think it's him. You know, I don't think any of us seem to think that it's him. The, the very – The see. overwhelmingly popular opinion is that it's going to be Zach Gonzalez. Right. The, sure. that, yes. 
Um, so and my it, opinion. Just, for well, well, it. Well, I mean, it's, he is going to be the overwhelming favorite because of a couple reasons. First of all. T.J. Finley did not do himself any favors to yeah. gain the confidence of no, the Auburn fans. He started, fan base he started four games last season, right. I think it was, and he he showed me enough to say he's not the guy. Sure. Um, yeah, he had the big comeback against uh, Georgia State. Georgia State when ben, when Bo had to get benched against Bo, against yeah, Georgia which, State. Which, by the way, T.J. Finley had four drives in that game. Didn't get a first down until that game until the, until the game when he drive. That's the thing, and everybody was on board with he's the yeah. savior of the program. It was yeah. like he didn't do squat. Bro, he's until Auburn, the he's Auburn Jesus, and, and, and he's six seven. And and even on that, there was a controversial play that went in Auburn's favor. Yeah. So, but. And he was he was okay, but I mean, like against Alabama, he looked like a deer in the headlights. You yeah. know, and just he didn't look like he had a clue what was going on. So he didn't do himself any favors. Robbie Ashford, and we've heard a lot about him through spring practice and the right. A day and everything. But I don't. I, a lot of the fans don't know who Robbie Ashford no. is. They yeah. don't have a clue who this kid is. Holden Gurner so coming in here as a freshman. Okay, he's a true freshman. Yeah. Not expecting it's, him to start. It is right. very, very tough for a true freshman to come in and fully right. grasp a college right. offense. Yeah. But then you have it. you have Zach Calzada. People remember him from Texas A and M because hey, guess what? They beat Alabama. You know, right. yeah, he, he, he beat Alabama. He played out of his tough. mind. Sure. He was the reason a, they won that. Game. And he's but, got but now, a tough but, reputation. Yeah. But now he 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 was not just fan, a, he, he was, was not a world beater. He was not a world beater. Auburn handled him pretty well. Um, however. T.J. Finley, no confidence with the fan base. Nobody really knows who Robbie Ashford is. Holden Gurner is just a true freshman. The fans know who Zach Calzada is. So, of course, he's going to be the favorite. He's a guy that has the SEC experience, has shown that he can be a really damn good quarterback. That's the guy. Yay. Here we go. His his ceiling is very high. It's just a matter of getting him there. And I'll say this. Uh, for for the pessimism, if Bo Nix was still on campus, he's he's the starter. Oh yeah, he's well, far and yeah, away yeah, the starter. Even, even if you no do bring question. in Ashford and Calzada, no sure. I, I still think that. Bo well, Nix I don't. Is I don't starter. think. I don't think. I don't think Calzada comes here. No, if I agree. Bo is here, so I, I don't think you have to worry about that. But yeah, I think Calzada is it. Um, you know, the other thing when you start, uh, you know, I'm going to jump on the. You said your pessimism, my my pessimism, uh, the biggest thing is the lack of overall recruiting and just looking at the fact that Auburn just don't have the dogs right now yeah. to, to compete yeah. at the highest yeah. levels, to compete with Alabama and Georgia. I, maybe right now with Texas A&M, but they're about to, they're about to jump because of the yeah. recruiting class they're bringing in. Arkansas has been doing some, having some great recruiting classes. It really, everybody around them seems like they're getting studs, and Auburn has yeah. really struggled let to me, do that. Let me get two different quotes off here. The first one comes from Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn. It's 30-minute podcast. comes out every day. Listen to it if you're an Auburn fan. It says a lot. He had a quote uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he might, may have actually had a guest on who said this, but he said the top 15 to 20 on Auburn's roster can compete with anybody in the country. Sure. It's when you get past that and you get into the depth guys where things start to fall off. Because like you said, you just haven't recruited to that point. And none of that is Brian Harson's fault. Brian Harson has been here one year and he had a bad recruiting class because he didn't exactly. know what he was doing. He has exactly. tried to make those adjustments, yes. but now he has the entire, you know, it feels like the entire world against him. Uh, the other guy I want to quote is Justin Ferguson. He talks a lot about something called the blue chip ratio. Right. There has never been a team in the, since the beginning of the BCS era. So the year 2000 or 1999, when did the BCS start? Sure. Yes. <laughs> around the turn of the the millennium. All right. No team has ever won a national championship 
without being over the over 50% in the blue chip ratio, which means right. half of your roster has to be comprised of four and five stars. I believe 2010 Auburn was the closest that ever came to it, and I think right. they were at 53%, 54%. So uh, I, I think only one team has ever played for a national championship that was not over 50% in the blue chip ratio. No, it was 2013 Auburn. Yeah. So, it, you know, the two Auburn teams. That it, I, and I think yeah. that's what Auburn's going to have to do while Georgia and Alabama are in the state they're in. You're going to have to get some diamonds in the rough. You're going to have to compete a little bit over your head, and you're going to have, you know, you're going to have to, out, you're going to have to take the guys that you'd get that are really good, and you're going right. to have to get something special out of them. Right. Yeah. The, the only, the only bad thing, you know, with Auburn now compared to what you could have done back then is you get those diamonds in the rough. But the thing is, you know, now those diamonds in the rough may not be coming here because yeah. right. I mean you've got the NIL you've got Auburn is right now Auburn football program is not an attractive place to come if you're a Absolutely if you're a not. high school player it is not attractive you can have all the pretty girls out there you can have all the pretty <laughs> facilities you can have all the the cool and there uniforms are a lot of those. yeah you can have the tradition you can have all this kind of stuff but when it comes to playing winning football a chance to play for championships right now Auburn is not that right. now now have they been that sure can they get there again absolutely but right now they are not and so they're behind the eight ball on that in 2013 gus malzahn uh there were still a lot of really good players on that team yeah okay so maybe they didn't have you know the whatever the split of four and fives but they still had so many great players but they also had at that time a dynamic offense that nobody knew how to stop it was it was still that that offense it was still so brand new yeah that you could have the, a guy like Trey Mason rush for right, the amount of yards right, that he yeah, rushed yeah, for. The, yeah. I, I, I will always go back to, and this is, this has nothing to do with the current state of Auburn football, but the death of Gus Malzahn was due to the fact that he refused to adapt. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he, well, he, yeah. he didn't he evolve. Could not, he no. could not overcome his own stubbornness. And that's Did true. not want to evolve it, that it offense. Really, it really worked for him. When it worked, it freaking worked, and dadgummit was fun to watch. Well, when the but thing is... It, that, when that, it didn't work, when it got figured out, and I mean... Go back to I get 2019, 2020, there's multiple clips of Bo Nix coming off the field telling Gus they're calling out our plays. Sure. Defenses knew what plays Auburn was going to run, and when you know what plays the team's going to run, it becomes much easier to stop. Well, and I we have been told that we've been told that by some of our friends of the program that right. <laughs> were there that uh that yeah, I mean that, that Teams understood that, that that offense was so simplistic. I was even told, I, I can't remember if it was Trevon Reed or if it was Deshaun or, or if it was even somebody else, but was told that they spoke to an opposing SEC defensive player and they said that the Auburn week was, when this is when Gus Malzahn was here, that the Auburn week studying-wise was the easiest. Yeah. Of the entire season, it, Gus Malzahn's like entire design was, was all you got to do is look at like lethal, four plays. Lethal simplicity is you yeah. you execute it to the point where they can't stop it, that you execute it so well that they can't sure. stop it. And that's exactly what Auburn did in 2013, but eventually you ran out of the horses to do that. Right. right. Uh, well, and, and once the defense has figured out how to stop that, the uh, the uh, RPO that Auburn was doing, which is basically just a mesh rush, you, you mm-hmm. mesh yeah. rush, you, you make contact right there at, at the, the point. There was no passing game really to speak of. The passing game was 50 50 no. balls. Yeah. And it was pre read, you know, pre read passes and things like that. Once you shut the running game down, you forced Auburn into passing. They didn't have it. And then Gus had to find himself scrambling to try, yeah. try to find a Jarrett Stidham and some guys like that. And it's it still just it up a little work. bit more. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it just put Auburn in the situation they're in now. But now Harson's the guy 
and Harson's got to figure it out, or he's not going to have a job for very long. Well, I wanted to do optimism and pessimism in those last couple of minutes, but we stuck pretty pessimistic. Absolutely. We've got a whole (laughs) other hour of the show coming up. Stay right here. Tiger 95.9. That'll start at 5 o'clock on the dot. We'll tell you all the reasons you should be happy about Auburn football and why it's coming back. We'll do that when we come back for the third hour of Sports Call. We'll be right back. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call set to get started right now. 95.9, the Tiger. 95.9, I should say. Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, Cam Berry. And now joined in studio by Van Cathcart, one of our interns. Van, how are you today, sir? Uh, I'm good. You guys were talking Auburn football. Cam asked me if I wanted to hop in here, so I don't want to miss that opportunity. That's absolutely okay. Well, so speaking, we let's go ahead and just jump right into it. We ended the last hour of Auburn football talking about all the reasons for pessimism, and we didn't even get to all of them. But... I'm feeling I'm feeling a little more hype. Feel a little more hype for this third hour. Yes, sir. A little so more optimistic. A little more optimistic, let's if you prefer. It. So let's talk about all the reasons for optimism. One, I'll start this way. I'll start this way. Ryan Harson's in his second year. All the guys that didn't want to play for him have run to Central Florida <laughs> to go back to their old coach. Seri- yeah, seriously, yeah, like, no, like that's though. not a, that's not a joke. Like seriously, no, like Mark Anthony Richards is there. Uh, Kobe Hudson is there. Uh, uh, Joey Gatewood, who transferred to Kentucky for a year, right. didn't play, and is now a wide receiver at UCF, is also there. So all the guys that wanted to play for Gus are playing for Gus now. All the guys that want to play for Brian Harson are still at Auburn. The guy, the, the guy set up his team. Yeah, it's his team, it, it's, and it's every single one of those guys would run through a wall for him. Yeah, well, and you go back and listen to some of the stuff that was said at SEC Media Days, and uh, you know, Tank was one of those that said something specifically about the bad apples. I don't know if he was necessarily calling them specifically no, bad yeah. apples, but he was saying, you know, you weed out the bad apples yeah, and the bad, and, and the bad apples guy, are gone. Yeah. Coming from a guy who considered transferring, right. and it was reported that he was going to transfer. Right. And then he ended up coming back. And I think it was very telling when Tank was like, yeah, I had some maturing I had to do. Sure. I had to I had to become more of a team guy. And I think that the best player on your team saying something like that speaks volumes about sure. your head coach. And, uh, and, yeah, I mean, and it's one reason to be optimistic about this team is that the guys that are there want to be there. Mm-hmm. And from everything that you heard from all those guys that we had at SEC Media Days is that this team is together. Yeah, uh, All of them are saying they have not seen this team with so much togetherness as they have seen in this offseason. So that's got to give you reason to, to be optimistic is because everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants to be here. 
these guys that are here know about Brian Harson. They know what is expected of them. Uh, and they have really pulled together. And it seems like a lot of the kind of smoke that was going on against with Harson in the offseason, these guys have kind of rallied around that. And have Used really it as kind of, fuel to the fire. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's nice it feels like they've all come together. And it's, so, yeah, absolutely. It's a good thing whenever your team is not fractured. It, that's the worst thing you have is is a fractured team, and when you get everybody on the same page and rallying together, good things will happen to you. Yeah, yeah. and another thing that I'm you said that recruiting is something that you see as a that you're pes, like pessimistic about, sure. Tom. But I see it. You know, I'm looking at all of these other recruits, and I see optimism. Like all these recruits, you know, he might not be landing them yet. But we're in these top fours. We're in these top fives, these top sure. tens. You know, we're, we're in there. You know, obviously, it's the matter of, you know, finishing the job and getting it done and getting Absolutely. them here. But, you know, it's not like we're not in the conversation at all whatsoever. So I think that plays to the point of, okay, so they, there's something about him that is intriguing these recruits, that these four and these five stars, these blue chips that we want to bring in here that are going to eventually help the program. I see that as something that is opportunistic. And, I mean, Harson said it himself at Media Days, you know, when, when referencing the recruiting, he said, you know, just wait and see. You know, it, it's not over yet. Um, you know, th- there's still time to, to get – this recruiting class right and i mean like right now today there's a four-star defensive lineman uh wilkie Denon. he's we're in we're in his top four he's gonna announce on wednesday um if if auburn makes it you know I, i'm excited to see and i'm hoping that you know he comes to auburn and that sure. would be a very good indictment and a good start for brian harson to kind of keep going right. and, and get this recruiting on track well and and one of the big optimistic things to look for when it comes to recruiting is this new facility that opens whenever they finally get it open because it's supposed to be the world-class, state-of-the-art, football-only facility yeah. that will be an attractive thing for these high school kids to come in and see right. all this. Right. So that leaves you optimistic for for just that that you can now kind of compete with the Joneses because on the facility way, on the facility wise, you have something that you can compete. So that does leave some optimism. The optimism that I have, and this sounds it's it's weird to be optimistic about this because you still got to think about the fact of the players that you have and all, but mm-hmm. I'm optimistic because of the simple fact that when Auburn is down, when people are not looking at Auburn to do anything, that's when Auburn finds success. Yes. Yes. Traditionally. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. For, for whatever underdog reason. Auburn abs- underdog Auburn is the best Auburn. Underdog <laughs> Auburn is the most dangerous Auburn. Most dangerous. Traditionally, Absolutely. underdog yes. Auburn is the absolute most dangerous Auburn there is. And it has been that way for years. Always. It doesn't matter what coach it seems like is here. Yeah. When they are the underdogs and they are not expecting much out of them, that's when they step they're up. They're dangerous uh-huh. at that point. Yeah. Auburn is very dangerous in years where they're not expected to do much. So what we're saying, the over-under is currently at 6.5. Hammer the over. Absolutely. Yes. Hammer it. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> what, when, when the over-under goes to I'm not to going to, but if you if you want to, go for it. Yeah, facts. Well, I, I mean, I'd still try to look at it on a realistic I'd, I'd standpoint. Think, when, I, when, I look at, when I look at the roster and when I look at the schedule, I still try as much optimism as I want to have about this, I still realistically see seven wins. That's over. And that's over. But I'm saying that, that to me, though, that's a stretch. Seven is like, man, I'm seven with this roster and this schedule, seven, that's two wins in there. They're like, okay, we did it. Yeah. Because the rest, the rest of the wins that should be there, should be a given. Right, right, right. Then you're looking at two where 
you're looking like a Penn State, where right, right now there's not a lot of people who give Auburn a lot of chance against Penn State. No, but we're in Jordan Hare. But you're so. in, sure you're in Jordan Hare. It doesn't help that it's an afternoon game. You no. don't get them at night. But no. the uh. orange out. Yeah, but still, yeah. Orange, orange out is great. <laughs> I, I, I have, rant, I have ranted about the stupidity of CBS putting their prime time, prime time, quote unquote, at three thirty Eastern. I hate it. I hate CBS for that. Can't wait till ESPN takes over. Please put it at six local. Yeah. But but if you look if you look at getting a win against Penn State, you look at getting a win against LSU, yeah. which I think is very, very doable very this possible. year because yeah. LSU is in Auburn. Sure, it's in Auburn. LSU is not great doing all that great right, right now. Right. Uh, I still think Auburn has just as good a chance as anybody against the Mississippi schools. Ole Miss is going to be difficult, but I still think that Auburn can handle them. Right. I think Mississippi State's very beatable because I'm just not sold on Mike Leach at all. The air Auburn, Auburn should have beaten them the last year. Sure. Right. The, the defensive game planning in that game was atrocious, atrocious. and yeah. nothing changed. Very bad. And I think the reason for that is at Oklahoma State right now. Yeah. Well, yes. So I, I don't see that happening again. And that's another thing that I'm excited about is that I feel as though Harson has the coaching staff that he needs yeah. to really – put together a winning program I was, he has I was all of the guys cite, that he wants i was going to cite the coordinator issue as a reason for pessimism in in that first hour in that in the last hour but i think it's really important to note that he has his guys in now. yes he he hired Derek mason and mike bobo because he wanted guys who were familiar with the area to get better in recruiting recruiting wasn't Preach. great anyway Preach. So now you've gotten rid of those guys. How many times as fans last year did we, the collective we, not just the people in the studio, but the Auburn fan base say, man, the play calling is terrible on terrible. both sides of the ball. Yes. And then both of those guys leave, and now all of a sudden that's a reason for pessimism? No. No, you know, it, no absolutely, I cite that absolutely as a reason not. For Brian Harson is going to sink or swim with his guys. I cite that as a reason for optimism. They, they are. Uh, I, I yeah, I mean, it's optimistic that Harson has his guys in here. Now, I also want to flip back on, on a pessimistic side, something, again, that we talked at SEC Media Days when we had uh, Jake Crane on, J-Boy, and we had him on. One of the things that he was talking about that is going to hurt Auburn as long as they don't change is the fact that Brian Harson does not have full control over that team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he, has, know, he has, to, has to have that. Saban has full control. Kirby has full control. They've given Jimbo full control. Yep. All these other guys, they have given full control over everything that goes on in that program. And right now, they are not doing that with Harson. And this program will not succeed unless they give a head coach, whether it be Harson or whether it be the next guy, full autonomy over everything that goes on there. Auburn will struggle as long as they don't do that. And right now, they have not done that. So that's, a, that's another pessimistic side for me right there is that it feels like there's still people – Pulling, with their hands in the cookie jar. Yeah, they, people with their hands in the cookie jar, people manipulating the puppets and different things like that. Harson needs to be the one that's manipulating all the puppets in that whole program. Let's take a look at the schedule real quick because I'm just eyeballing it here. I see three games where I'm predicting probably losses. Okay. I'm seeing at Georgia, at Alabama, sure, and hosting sure. hosting Texas A&M. And I think that I'm, one... I'm predicting those three as losses right now. Let's just look at the first five. You've got Mercer. Should be an easy win. Right. Should be. San Jose State, same story. Should be an easy win. Penn Maybe State. not as easy as you think. Right. Maybe not because because you said they've got that, some. Right. They've they got, do. They've got they some do. talented players. They right. do. Back. They yeah. You said they have a history against Harson. Yep. They absolutely do. But it's still San Jose State versus Auburn. Sure. So taking that into account, Penn State coming to Auburn. I think Auburn gets them this time. I yeah. really do. I do too. I think we Jer- had a chance think, to get them last time. Yeah. Should should have beaten them last time. I think Jordan Hare Magic takes care of it. Missouri is the second worst team in the SEC. You ought to beat them. Then you host LSU. You get LSU at home. Brian Kelly's first year. I don't think he's turned it around yet. 
Uh, and I think Auburn starts 5-0 and before they go to Georgia and things like that. You just can't have a trip-up like you almost had against Georgia State. Yes, of course absolutely. not. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. cannot do that. You cannot fall all over yourselves against a team that you ought to be able to blow out of the stadium yeah. and have to like score a last-second touchdown to beat them. Yeah, with your backup you quarterback. You cannot be doing what that. What if T.J. Finley just leads this to a last-second game-winning drive against <laughs> San Jose State? <sighs> that would be – I'd melt I down. think we're in trouble if yeah. that happens. <laughs> that yeah. that has Big exhausted trouble. me, and we need another break. We'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. And welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ, Tom, Brant, and Cam inside our studios here on South College Street. If you want to be a part of the show, 334 334- 887-3401. Your phone calls. That's what we want. We want to talk to you with college football right around the corner. Already today, we've heard from Steve and James. Matt's called in. We went to Columbus. Jeff gave us a ring. Call us. Talk about anything that you want to in the wide world of sports. We're going to have to reschedule with our gal, Mickey Sudo, the number one female competitor in Major League Eating. We'll get that conversation set up. But again, go support them, www.majorleagueeating.com. They've got an event coming up Friday, August 5th, 2022, at 6.45 p.m., the first ever World Banana Pudding Championship in Madison, Alabama, at Cross Point Church. Going to be fun. Wednesday. Try to get it Wednesday. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I want to be here for that. We will, uh, we will see what the to, schedule looks like. You have to make me rush in here on a Tuesday just, just to, to talk make to it happen. Yeah, let's see, uh, let's see what her schedule looks like and uh, see if we can get something set up in the future. And if you want to be a part of the show, again, call us, 334-887-3401. SEC Media Days Week has come and gone. We have seen... The predicted order of finish, the Auburn Tigers as the seventh team in the SEC West. Alabama and Georgia picked to be uh, their winners of the division to go head-to-head in the SEC championship game. And Alabama picked to win it all. They're picked to defeat Georgia in an SEC bout. We've seen a lot. the most shocking thing I have seen in the last year. A lot of matchups over the last few years between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. And uh, that's the prediction, once again, going into this year yeah. is another matchup of those two teams. As it should be. I mean, anybody yeah. in there, anybody within their right mind are going to pick Alabama and Georgia right now. Now, that's this year. I think things are shaping up to change. Uh, you've seen the, the recruiting classes that Texas A&M has pulled off. So uh, if Jimbo Fisher – that the biggest thing with Jimbo was prove it to me because he's had talented teams everywhere he's been, just can't seem to figure it out. But now he's getting even he's getting a recruiting class in that people say the best ever. So it, you know, prove it to me, but he's putting the talent together that he can get there to compete with Alabama uh, on the west. Uh, in the east, I think Tennessee is on the rise. I mean, they're putting together they're about to have a, a dynamic quarterback coming into Tennessee unlike that they've ever had in maybe since Peyton Manning has been there. Um, so Tennessee is going to be kind of rising to try to compete with Georgia a little bit. 
I still think Florida uh, has a lot of chances yeah. to to rise up. Billy Napier's a winner. Florida Napier. Florida's interesting to me because I, I just don't I, – obviously, we, Billy Napier's <coughs> never done it at this level. We don't know if he can do it at this level. But if he can, then Florida's, Florida's, Florida's a sleeping giant right yeah, now. Yeah, Florida's sure. going to be dangerous. The, the other one that – in the West, that is interesting to me, and no one, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping over Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, even though I think they, they can That'd be, be solid. they're on the right track. They're going to be I mean, solid with but Jackson I, Dart. They're going to be, yeah, pretty. But good. I, man, I'm, I'm looking at Arkansas. I, I mean, you talk. Yeah. We, we sat here and we talked about uh, how dangerous Auburn could potentially be on our optimistic side about how everybody is rallying around Brian Harson. It feels like, man, you want to talk about a team Love that is rattling. Yes, yeah. that, that team. Everybody seemed, loves Sam Pittman. Everybody loves Sam Pittman. They were rallying around him. He is bringing in some big-time recruits out there to Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is insane because there's very few people that want to spend as, <laughs> four years of their life in Fayette-Nam, Arkansas. So <laughs> um, Arkansas is a team that can be very, very dangerous. Now, are they going to be able to compete with Alabama? Not this year, but – Man, they're they're the future's they're, bright. They're getting scary just because Sam Pittman's doing a great job, and they really feel like they're rallying around him. They've got the quarterback. They they've, they've got, got the KJ Jefferson, yeah. who's been really dynamic. This was a, a talking point last week at SEC Media Days. Clearly, Arkansas loses Traylon Burks, who was their do everything wide receiver. But what quarterback in the Southeastern Conference a season ago was the best downfield passer? at any statistical measure you look at, you would want to say Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner. Or you would want to say Will Rogers, who had the third most passing yards ever in the history of the Southeastern Conference. But K.J. Jefferson last year was graded as the best down-the-field passer in the Southeastern Conference, and he returns for another season for the Arkansas Razorbacks. We'll see what they could do this upcoming season. 334-887-3401. Gentlemen, let's get another phone call in here. How about we head to Mobile? Felix from Mobile has called into Sports Call. What's going on, Felix? Good to hear from you again this week. Hey, guys. How was media days, man? We had a blast. Obviously, it was uh, was hard to be away from all the great callers, but, uh, man, we had a great time. Well, that's great. I heard that uh, Brian Harsin kicked the door in on that place, man. No kidding. He's very impressive. Yeah, he, he come in. He was told he told him, he told him like you know, listen, uh, this is what I want to talk about, and I don't want to talk about it again. He just kind of shut him down on, about the, all that uh, you know, bad bad uh, you know that bad business he was getting. But I, you know, all in all, uh, I think he did a great job as far as his. Uh, Far as him just being there, you know, and he looked at the other, I guess, the media, and he's like, I'm sure a lot of y'all didn't think I was going to be here. <laughs> yeah. That was my meeting <laughs> That was awesome. But uh, how did y- y'all think he, was, that he did? Big fan of it. Loved what he did. Loved his composure. Loved the fact that he did shut down all the rumors right away. Said, look, we're done with that. We're not going to talk about that anymore, and we're going to move forward. I absolutely loved it. I think last year he got a lot of criticism for how long he spoke at the podium and uh, was trying to shy away from questions asked his way, and he completely changed that this year. He went relatively short and opened it up to field a ton of questions from reporters. I thought he did an outstanding job. Yeah, I seen it on uh, on the uh, uh, fifty one on uh, this uh, Southeastern Conference uh, channel of Mobile. But uh, I mean, we we uh, I mean, I really really enjoyed the way uh, he brought the, the 
three people I didn't even think he's gonna bring. I didn't think he was gonna bring um uh, the running back uh Tank Gum. I can't think I can't think Tank Bigsby, yeah. I don't know why I forgot his name. But anyway, Tank, I didn't think he would bring Tank, but And he Tank, did, how about that? I that mean, was pretty he, great. Yeah, I mean he he did great. I mean every 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 question he they asked, he you answered them properly. I mean he was so he was like real like uh I mean, he was just real, real like humbled, you know. A home run, real, yeah, it was great stuff. Exactly, exactly. I, I really enjoyed it, and, uh, and so everybody's talking about um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Arkansas, uh, Sam Pittman. Yeah, that that guy right there. I mean, he is a good coach, though. Really and true. I mean, everybody that I've, I've spoken with, know, with my with far as friends and stuff like that, and the relatives that, that I have in Arkansas, they really like him. I think he's a great coach. I think he's doing a great job selling that program. He seems to be committed to the Arkansas Razorbacks, which is just outstanding. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of what he's doing. He was really engaging to listen to. You didn't look away. And uh, what was most notable, the news that came out about Sam Pittman's contract, is he actually signed a non-compete. That is incredibly unheard of in college football coaching. And Sam Hartman, or excuse me, Sam Pittman, Signed a non-compete. He's saying, I'm not going to talk to anybody else. I'm committed to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Kind of like what Bruce did. Kind of like uh, he's he done with everything else. He's he at home, right? Right. If you found your home, you're happy, and it seems like Pittman has done that at Arkansas. It, it, it sounds like it. But, uh, there's one thing I did want to ask you all about. And, and Please I, do. I, I really don't like the way this kind of kind of hit me a little bit, but the, the, um, the record they gave us. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I agree with with the the seven. I don't, I, I just don't, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I think I, people th- we're hoping that they finish higher than seventh in the SEC West division. But yeah, it did, it did seem like uh, obviously uh, we saw where Auburn uh, was predicted to finish, and now that's going to be motivation for the team moving forward. I sure hope so, AJ. I mean, JJ, I really hope that that's the that's the that's the give them that that little hey, that extra spark, you know, that that where hey man, they don't believe in us, man. They they, they just don't believe in us. Sometimes and you I, need I mean, extra motivation, and that could be that for them. That could be just I that. So. I hope so. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, uh, War Eagle. War Eagle, good to hear from you. That's our pal Felix from Down in Mobile. Joining us on the program, I love when Felix calls in. Good to hear yeah. from him. Oh, he's yeah. asking good, good questions. Always good to hear he's from been Felix. Uh, he's he's kind of a newer guy, but he's been uh, he's been really good in the times he's called in. Like talking to Felix. Big fan of that. Uh, as we said, Auburn predicted to finish seventh in the SEC West. Auburn picked as the favorite. They received 177 first place votes in the Western Division. Alabama. Did I say Auburn, Alabama. Alabama, 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 Alabama received 177 first-place votes. Texas A&M with three first-place votes. Arkansas with one. Here's how this works. From When you turn in a ballot, it's pretty easy to figure out. If you put a team first, they're going to get seven points. If you put them last, they're going to get one point. If you look at this, it really wasn't competitive up at the top. Alabama, 1262, their point total. You drop a good bit, 968, the point total for Texas A&M, who's in second. Drop again a little bit more, over 100, and you've got Arkansas at 844, another 100-plus drop. You've got Ole Miss at 675, LSU at 591 points, drop 200 down to Mississippi State at 390, and then the shortest margin is Auburn at 338 points. So you look at that. Not great, not great, Bob. Auburn is close 
to sixth. I mean, they're as close to sixth as any other team is yeah. to moving up in the pecking order. And that was the big topic of conversation last week at SEC Media Days is you look at Alabama in first, and then really two through seven, you could make great cases for all those teams throughout. And so just because Auburn finished with the you know smallest point total, they were closer than a lot of the other teams were to climbing to that next spot. Yeah, but what what constellation is it? Or you're like, it's well, none, we, we were last, but, but we were close none, to second to last. But it, validida- it validates. <laughs> validates. It validates. Attaboy. Validates. <laughs> I added extra syllables today on the program. Okay, nice. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at it, all you can do is go, well, thank goodness for Vanderbilt. Right. Yeah, amen. I mean. Well, I mean, even they got a first place vote. Well, <laughs> come on. <laughs> we're going to talk about that until, like, probably up until football season. Yeah, what a silly kiddo. Whoever did Whoever that. Whoever did yeah, that. That's somebody who's trying that. to get some attention. Okay, the way you said that makes me think it was you. Absolutely not. No. Did, what, did you put Georgia first? I put Alabama first in that division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia first in the okay. East. Who, yeah. whoever, whoever put Vandy first is the type of person that does a um, NCAA basketball bracket and puts, like, the 16 seed as winning the national yeah. title. It's yeah. just – just to do it because I can, and yeah. or or like we we talked with uh, with Jeff earlier, they took their ballots to a bar downtown and filled them out there. Right, and they better right. hope the SEC doesn't revoke their credentials. You know, <laughs> it's, it, right. it would be very True. funny. I mean, seriously. Yeah, when you when you <laughs> yeah. what a slap in the face to Vanderbilt that would be. It's just like there's there's no shot. Someone picked us the, to win. All right, we're taking your credentials. Yeah, taking your credentials. Yeah, you you are no longer. A credited journalist and it's, accredited journalist. Well, I mean, you're you're picking a team first that honestly, there's talk out there that the SEC may get rid of. Yeah, probably should have gotten rid of by now. You're uh, picking honestly. a team first that has not won a conference game this decade. Yeah, Vanderbilt has Is that true? not won. A conference game this decade since since the Jeez. since 2019 19 their okay. last SEC Who did they beat? win Tennessee probably Tennessee? yeah yeah that sounds right man poor Tennessee yeah all right I was about <laughs> yeah. to say the same well, thing. I feel like Tennessee's in a Tennessee, much better spot than they Tennessee were down atrocious under uh, yeah. who was it who's the guy who got busted for McDonald's bags Jeremy Pruitt Jeremy yeah, Pruitt, Pruitt yeah. yeah I feel like they're in a much better spot with Josh Heupel oh yeah. They haven't won a game, uh, SEC game since 2019, so and you're trying bad. to justify just, picking them to win the league. Really right. I mean, there's no excuse for that. No, there's not. In a conference that no, Alabama also, and Georgia like, both live in. Media polls, yes there's, yes, there's validity to them, but also they don't matter at all. And they may have taken that stance. I, so. I, yeah, but I mean, still, you got to have respect for the fact that you've got a credential and you're looked at as a professional. There are so many people that this. have that access denied. Right. Yeah. And Take you were granted seriously. that sure. opportunity. Yeah. 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 Look, I'm not defending this work. guy's decision. I'm just saying, I'm um, trying to peek into his head a little bit. I, I mean, nobody in their right mind. Or her. Nobody really in their right mind or her, should yes. have. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind really should, I think, going outside of Alabama and Georgia in the yeah. top two. Because I mean, I, I can hear the argument for Texas A and M. Yeah, uh, maybe. But, but I still don't Goodness, think. So. I, I think that's when you're that's when you're being contrarian. I think another contrarian yeah. pick is maybe Florida or Tennessee. But yeah, other than those. But I mean, two. It just, but again, it, yeah. If I was filling this out, I definitely have sure. Alabama and Georgia. The, the gap. I mean, really, the the just legitimate gap between Georgia and Alabama and the rest of the teams in the SEC. It's a huge. Yeah, it's massive. It's, it's a it's very big, huge, huge gap right now. I mean, yeah, crazy things can happen. I mean, injuries happen. That, that's a big thing. And again, sure. Auburn took Alabama to four overtimes last True. year. True. Texas A&M beat Alabama. Texas A&M beat Alabama. 
Vanderbilt. College football is a weird sport, man. Their 2019 SEC win was against Missouri. Missouri. Missouri that okay. checks out. They so beat Missouri. I know, I know, ten, I know they beat Tennessee not too long Missouri, Excuse me. In 2018, Vanderbilt won three SEC games. They beat oh, Arkansas. Oh, they beat oh, Ole Miss. Oh, and they beat Tennessee. But their last SEC win was in 2019. Was the that Commodores. the that got uh, Chad Morris fired? Yes. Ah. Haven't won a game in the SEC this decade. Let's take a timeout. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Winding down on a Monday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ, Tom, Brant, and Cam inside our studios. Another fun show coming your way tomorrow. Uh, Braves in action again tonight. Atlanta took two out of three against the Angels. Going into yesterday's competition, the Braves were a half game back. And then uh, they did not show up to the ballpark yesterday. Yeah, that yeah. was that game was pretty much over from the first. First, inning. Ian yeah. Anderson got rocked. Yeah, rocked. Ian's Ian's ERA is approaching five, and I'm wondering how much longer he's going to be. Ian up, Anderson up leads with the major league team, the I National think he needs to League go back to in, walks. in walks. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Not a good spot to yeah. be in. Bad. if you're Ian Anderson. But Kyle Wright has been outstanding. Max Fried has always been the ace of yeah. the staff. Spencer Strider, Spencer Strider, a young rookie playing well. What a surprise well. he is! At one point. Charlie Morton had a 5.6 earned run average. He's worked that all the way back down to the low fours. So you've got other strong points uh, in your starting yeah. rotation. I'd say four of your five starters are fantastic. You're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. Or five of six. How many? Maybe, maybe uh, Ian Anderson is a guy along with somebody else that can trade and get Otani. Yeah. I oh see. Goodness. The thing is, I still have hope for Ian Anderson. I think. I'd I mean, rather have Otani. I, I well, <laughs> look. I would sure. also I rather have Otani, but you're you're never gonna get. You know, Shohei Otani is two players. Oh. So, two superstar players. So you're going to have to trade the, a, a very large package for one yeah. player. The, the, one, the, the one thing with Shohei Otani, when he played against the Braves, that's really the. A lot of folks around here don't get a whole lot of chance to actually watch Shohei Otani play because he's a West Coast guy, unless, <sighs> unless they're on like the Sunday night baseball. But to actually watch him against the Braves and you actually get a chance to watch him, oh my gosh, that dude's stuff is so disgustingly yeah. good. Yeah, his his breaking his, pitches are are just ungodly. He gave up six runs to the Braves in six innings, but up until that point, he had an ERA of point five four. Yeah, uh, in his last six games, he was six and zero in his last yeah, six starts with an ERA of point five four. And then the Braves rocked him for six runs. Well, the six thing, innings, well, the, Bra- the Braves got to him late in that game yeah. because that, yeah. Yeah, early in the on, sixth inning, in the yeah. seventh inning, yeah. 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 he went early, six full yeah. innings and then to start the seventh. Yeah, early, inning, early bad. through yeah. that game, the Braves couldn't figure him out. He still finished with eleven strikeouts. Yeah, um, <sighs> and, and I mean his stuff is just stupid. He's and that's not so even talking stupid. about his bat at all. Yeah. And then, and then he can. He's one of the best hitters of, on top of that. Hit a home run in that second game, he's didn't he? Crazy. He hit a freaking line drive yeah. missile, like bounced off the top of the wall in that second game. Yeah. That was insane. Here's the thing about the Angels, too, and, and why Otani's name has come up a little bit. 
a payday is coming. Yeah. The Los Angeles Angels pay Mike Trout about $35 million. They pay Anthony Rendon about $35 million. Which is shouldn't shouldn't be the case. Bad Mike Trout should be making so much more. Do you know how much Otani's getting paid? Uh, he's still in his rookie deal, right? So, like, not a lot. $5 million. Yeah, which is a lot, but comparatively speaking. Yes, to your payroll, you, uh, yeah, you really want to um, pick that up a little bit. Really want to pick that up a little bit. So we'll see if they make any moves there at the deadline. Braves back in action a little bit later tonight. And then uh, they're back home this upcoming weekend against the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll see if they continue to hunt down the New York Mets. Speaking of batted ball sports, uh, the Thunder Chickens are back in action <laughs> tomorrow evening. What happened last week? Uh, I, I, Let's bring this to surface I only now that walked, Tom and I can get caught up. I only walked two people, which was my goal. Like, don't walk any more than three. I think uh, in the two games that I pitched, I walked two people, and I said three three for the entire night was my goal. So I ended up going under that. Yeah. Um, Brant did a very good job pitching. They know how to hit the ball. The two teams we played were the number one and number three teams in our league. Right. And they freaking know how to hit Top to bottom, yeah, they can all just yeah they were they were raking. mash yeah they were raking. and so I was just kind of like putting them on a tee for them, just like hey man that's what you're supposed to get do. under this yep yeah, yeah and that's what you do in slow pitch softball they were, so. they were raking and we just yeah. couldn't you know we couldn't con- we couldn't continue to man- manufacture runs like we, I mean we were we were getting on base at all I mean one run yeah, in two yeah, games like at combined all. Yeah. like yeah, yeah. like I mean slow we were not we were getting ideal we were getting on base I will say I, I mean we did a pretty solid job we just couldn't get runs in I, I don't um, think we did a great job getting on base I mean I think we did okay for, for a regular we baseball do, game absolutely but for slow pitch <laughs> we softball do, I don't we think we didn't so. do absolutely compared terrible, to what we've defense, done this season. No, yeah, not not near as well. But um, the other thing is that they're they're not just really good at hitting; they are very good defensively as well. So w- there yeah. were a couple of base hits that got robbed as well. And we were down, we were down, we had nine, so yeah. we were we had spacing problems as well. Like I mean, they would just hit it right up the gap in the middle, and we didn't have anybody there to yeah. get it. So that was also a problem, and that that was pretty tough. And uh, I hurt myself in the second game because I'm an elite athlete, and <laughs> you know. You know, what happened was I was trying hey, to beat out a double play. Hard. I was I trying to beat out a double it. play, and uh, my stride was going to overrun first, so I had to slow up and tap my left toe on first so I wouldn't be out for just not touching the base. And when that happened, it it interrupted the run, and I kind of went head over heels and I scraped my knee pretty bad, and it you uh did. it sucks. It really sucks. It doesn't feel great. I was told that you hopped out of that pretty cool. I, I rolled out of it. Okay. I, I I know how to fall um, from my days of wrestling and playing football and and also theater. I can fall backwards because of theater. Uh, anyway, it's called a fish flop. Look it up. It's pretty fun. But I, I I'm you I practice know, that. I, I know how to roll out of falls because I have fallen down a lot in my life. Um, I mean, I I used to like roll out of falls as warm ups for wrestling. That was part of our warm up routine, but. Yeah, so I, I know how to roll out of a fall. Someone on the team is saying half the team didn't know Brant <laughs> fell until he came back gushing blood. <laughs> it's true. Everybody said, Brant, are you good? What happened? And Brant was like, yeah, I fell. Yeah, I, fe- <laughs> I know it was fine. I mean, like... It, how does that make you feel? No one paid attention to you, Brant. Well, I mean, like, people... I'm certain... I'm sure people saw it or, you know, whatever. I turned but, around and I see Brant rolling and getting up and I'm like, 
is he okay? And then I <laughs> like, comes over. Yeah, I was fine. Like it didn't it didn't hurt that bad at the time. Got but then, cut like, on his leg and in the middle of the in, in the middle down. of the next inning that I was pitching, I looked down and there's blood like all the way down my leg, and I'm like, ah, how about that? <laughs> like, I think I think two weeks ago people did not see me dive for a ball at third base, so I come back to the dugout and I've got blood all over my leg and I'm covered in dirt, and people are kind of looking at me like. The heck happened? To I him? was impressed. I saw that. Yeah. I don't know. I that was. I that couldn't have been impressive. That was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that couldn't have been impressive. Well, it's the first time I saw you give that effort on the ground like may, that. Uh, in my younger days, that's what I would always do, and almost to a fault. But I'm, I'm a little slower reacting. These the other, days the other thing is like some of those fields down there have pretty decent infields. Like when they work on them, they look pretty good. They did not work on this one. It was basically like playing on AstroTurf, yeah. so it was not. It looked more like a scrape you get from falling down on an asphalt basketball court. Did we play on the same field? We did not play on the same two okay. fields. No, the the first field we played on was pretty okay. All right, yeah. The second one was very not, very not okay. Back at it tomorrow at eight thirty. Yes, sir. Yeah. Late one. Yeah, one we game one, one, one game at eight thirty. So like, I'll I don't know. I'll probably I don't know. Might go work out. Go get dinner. Yeah. Whatever. Gym. It's like, what do you do beforehand? I don't know. Go to the gym. I, I might I might go to the gym, actually. I might do that, like, especially if I'm not on the show tomorrow. I might just go to the gym and then come down, play some softball, go home. I'll Ooh, say I mean, interesting. Yeah. But you know, if, we, if we have a late game, then, you know, that's a good chance for us to all show up early and get on that field that nobody uses. And That's also true. Get a little BP. And we could go get some BP in. That's a better idea than the one I had. I'd love to get some BP in. Uh, dude, what if I go work out at 430, get some BP in, <laughs> And then we play a game. Are we gonna win? No. Okay. <laughs> but I'll be. No. I will look huge. <laughs> Let's take a break. We close out sports call after this. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back in. Final segment of Sports Call Tiger 95.9. If you missed any of today's show, go back and listen to it on our Sports Call podcast. Presented by Coca-Cola. J.J. Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Barry. And uh, what a fun show it was. Unfortunately, again, we were not able to connect with Mickey Soto. Uh, but we'll get that. We'll get that set up. The number one female in Major League Eating had a schedule conflict pop up at the last moment. Again, the Major League Eating World Banana Pudding Championship, Friday, August 5th, 2022, 6.45 p.m. at Cross Point Church do, in Madison, Alabama. In competitive eating, do women compete against men, or are they separate events? Some events they do, yeah, some events some they do not. Okay, okay. So, like, the Nathan's Hot Dog, it used to be everybody together, mm-hmm. and then they separated it, and so there's a women's champion and the men's champion. Okay. As we said a little bit earlier at the Buffalo Wing competition last year, that will be in September at Orchard Park, New York, Mickey Soto had 246 wings in the same competition, Joey Chestnut had 244. 
So she actually yeah. defeated Joey Chestnut head to head in the Buffalo about Wing competition. A lot of the world records that Tom listed off were held by women, yes. right? So as well, well, so some, like yeah. this, it seems like the two genders are able to compete on a pr- pretty neutral field here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sonia Thomas is female. It has she's the Black Widow. She has numerous, numerous world records. And then uh, Mickey Sudo, who we were going to have on the show, uh, ice cream short form champion, wild rice hot dish champion, and the kimchi champion. She her record is forty four hot dogs in the Nathan's hot dog contest. Joey Chestnut by comparison seventy six. Yeah. D- didn't he win so, this year's event by like thirty two though? Very doesn't, doesn't he usually run away with it by double yes. digits? He does, he he is very comfortable um, because Kobayashi got out of it. Oh, it yeah, used to be Kobayashi. a real tight competition between him and Takahiro Kobayashi or whatever his name was, but. Kobayashi retired out of it, and now there's nobody even close to Chestnut. He did the rec- he did what he did this year while also putting a guy in a headlock. A protester, pretty impressive. I saw that. Yeah, protester jumped that. on stage. Chestnut puts the dude in a headlock, throws him down, and then goes back to eating hot dogs and still wins it. Before our show comes to a close, here's a nightly TV guy. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. All right, our Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. You can stop by your local TK's convenience store, pick up a variety pack of White Claw. You won't be disappointed. Uh, Tonight, the TBT continues the round of 16. Already made it. They play tomorrow against the Bucketeers, who are the team made up of East Tennessee State alumni. Shout out to East Tennessee State. But Auburn should beat them tomorrow. Well, you would say the same thing about Wofford, but they played a three-point game. And you would say the same thing, Brant, about East Tennessee State. But East Tennessee State beat Auburn last yeah, year. I was about to say. And they, dominated them. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even close. It was embarrassing. I don't think that was necessary. For but Auburn basketball. I, I understand your point. Hopefully they can get revenge tomorrow. Anyway, that action's tonight at 6 on ESPN2. The Jungle Book. The live action make 2016. Oh. Live action um, make Disney Channel. Remake. I I didn't see this movie. I I've never seen the uh, the live action. I, I can't Book. remember. I've seen the original. The original hundred times. I can't. The original is a banger. Isn't there a song that they sing? There's, Wait, a, there's a couple of songs. Of songs right? There's a bunch of the, the Jungle Book song. No, have the I seen bare that? Necessities. <laughs> That's what, just simple the bare, bare necessities. necessities. Yep. Don't forget about <laughs> something. Is that how it goes? I, I can't remember. Like It's been forever since I've seen that movie. I remember it being really good. I remember there being a snake with weird eyes. Shrek tonight at 6 oh. on uh, Nickelodeon. Banger. Fun film. Remember, I, this, Shrek's, ha- Shrek's got to be like a top 20 movie of all time at this point. And it's a staple of the nightly TV. If Shrek is on, we're going to tell you about it. Amen. We love telling you about it. And so um, I just don't remember those movies as well. i got to go back on my, my Shrek game. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker on TNT this evening, and then the Braves are playing the Phillies on Bally Sports South tonight. We will see if Atlanta could get back in the win column after a slip-up. Are you looking... I, I want to find the lyrics, Tom. Oh, what do you got, bear, man? To bear necessities? Uh, the bear necessities, the simple bear necessities. Don't Forget about, about your worries and your strife. strife. Yeah, there you go. Hey! I mean the bare necessity, old Mother Nature's recipes that oh bring gosh. the bare necessities of life. <laughs> Check out the Jungle Book this evening. <laughs> that was dope. I'm just saying bare necessities. Dope, That's dope one word is to describe it. Dope is a word yeah. you could use. Yeah. Thanks for singing with me, Tom. 
Sure. We'll I do said. it again next I'm, I'm time. Sending, okay. I am sending you a uh, – I'm going to text you a guy singing Bare Necessities. He, it's a guy named Jeff Castellucci. Uh-huh. Shout out, Jeff. Yeah. He sings all the parts of it just by himself. He's like four different people. It's all him. Oh, he's he, like harmonizing he with harmonizes himself. He yeah. harmonizes with himself. It's, That's pretty cool. It's amazing. I'll have to check it out. I'll send it to you. Um, all right. That does it for today's show. We did it. Back on the air tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Brant and Cam, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks sir. Tom Peavy, we'll see you on Wednesday. Absolutely. That does it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in and calling in to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. For Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. <laughs>